Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Mullet, say hello, Chris. Hello. You're you're the unofficial hey. third host. You always have been. I, don't don't tell yourself short. I'm fine with being unofficial. I'm here with your other official host, Rich Camelucci. Rip, say hi to the people. Tony, of course, is staying unofficial for tax purposes. I like <laughs> to keep it off the books. We are here today to talk about the 2022 Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Awards. That's the Oscars. Oh shit! That's uh, what Oscars stands for. That is the acronym. Don't check my math. (laughs) I love how Tony's in Scott Van Pelt mode right now. Absolutely. That's also the sequel to Don't Look Up. Don't check my math. It's going to (laughs) be. Don't check my math. Uh, Fellas, as we do, uh, is a springtime tradition. Uh, We gather here uh, once each year to uh, take a look at the year in cinema that was. Um, Today, we're looking back at the year 2021. And uh, the films that the uh, new expanded Academy membership has seen fit to recognize in uh, all of the major categories and even all the minor categories that we're not familiar with the nominees in. We're still going to talk about them uh, even briefly, uh, just to be insulting. Um, we're going to talk about them more than we're going to see about them at the actual no. award show. That's for sure. Um, I did not buy a ticket to uh, the marathon of uh, animated shorts at the music box. So, sorry. I, I love that, that they do that now. Like that's that should have always been a thing, but it's now over the past few years when people stop going to cinemas, like it just became a thing. And that's definitely something you and I would have done, Tony, like in two thousand and five, two thousand and six, when like, like it was like when you were working in the theater and I could have freeloaded in, yeah, that that too. (laughs) Even before I worked in the theater, like we saw a lot of dumbass shit as we've gone over on this show and other other arcade audio mediums before. So we definitely would have sat there for like way too long and watched a bunch of shit that I probably hated, and you were like, "Those are pretty good." Uh, one that reminds me, I was there, or I think we already actually talked about this. I was there for the grindhouse viewing, which we went and got nachos at alehouse afterwards for. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, mullet, the next time you're up in Chicago, we have got to take you to see fucking anything at the music box. I'd love to. Oh, have you not been? No, I, the only time I only went, I almost went to go see a movie with uh, Zangri a few years ago in Chicago, and it wasn't the music box. We were going to see the ArcLight, and I really, I really want uh, to go to the ArcLight as well, which I've never been to. I know. And you we were never will. See Mother. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We we're going to go see Mother like on a Tuesday afternoon at three o'clock. Awful. I was like, what? Yeah. That's <laughs> not fair, Rich. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, explain to Tony off air, uh, but no, I've I've been dying. You guys have so many good, uh, so many good uh, cinemas up there. That uh, I'll, I'll Theater. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I owe Rich a cat's experience as well because I oh. should have gone to the last one that I was up there for and just missed it. Yeah, I saw cats at the ArcLight. <laughs> Wait, did you really? Yeah, Julia and I went. It's <laughs> a way to I saw, see it. I saw cats at the Evanston Theater with Johnny and Jessica, and then we just sat at the bar at Chili's afterwards, just eating chips and salsa, and just digesting what we had seen 
Hey, fuck all these movies. Can we just talk about cats again for two I hours? I think that's what's I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to re-record the intro. Welcome to the Blank Slate. Thanks for pushing play. This is a podcast about cats where we talk about show us the butthole cut. Uh, I will say that I, there is going to be another butthole conversation that comes up later. Uh, hopefully everyone's seen the movie I'm discussing. We'll get there. I, I have a list of four specific things I want to discuss, and they're definitely the four most random things we'll ever discuss on a... There's definitely uh, a few of these movies I would describe as butthole. I'm, so, I'm looking at so my maybe, list of movies I've seen, and like, is there a butthole in this one? And then I'm like, ooh, in the card counter. Like, yeah, but ugh. <laughs> See, you know, Tony, well, now you well, just know you have to categorize that as you go from now on. Just keep butthole lists. Um... You, it'll become apparent when we get to it, Tony. I'll, you'll remember. I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll remember. Uh, I did want to ask like kind of an overarching question before we started getting into categories. Uh, you know, we've done this a couple years, but of course this is year three. We're doing this in under, well, no, year two, because the Oscars came in right before like yeah. the full-blown pandemic in 2020. Yep. Um, and last year we were pretty downtrodden based on the slate based on you know how the the year shook out um and of course this year we have more options more releases um and we still had the the cross platform of all of movies in terms of streaming theatrical both in some cases um how did you guys feel overall this year compared to last both in terms of quality and both in terms of your viewing experience and process better uh a lot better uh, yeah i mean in terms of just uh like the the overall quality of the of the slate we're looking at this year and just like you know the amount of juice you know there's just there's a lot of star power here too it's just yeah you know it's pretty good it feels more like a normal oscars year last year felt a little bit like uh like the independent spirit awards or something it was like uh you know I mean, the movies were good. I don't have a problem with them. It just feels like something that, you know, yeah, it felt like the stuff that I would have seen if I just saw like everything at like the Angelica Film Center in like Mm. 2006, that was just like all the quiet indie movies. Like, no offense, Nomadland, that's not a best picture type movie. That's a quiet, like understated drama that gets like recognized at festivals, but not at the Oscars, come on. Yeah, it'll definitely, to me, in retrospect, be looked at in the year of that, you know, when you look at it, like, oh, man, a lot of the snubs, like, got recognized this year. And then they're like, oh, no, this was just, this was what was out. (laughs) These are just the movies. This was the slate we had to choose from. Whereas this year, like, there are some bona fide snubs. There's some some head scratchers to me still. Uh, But, like, if you were to look at this on paper five, ten years down the line, it'd be like, okay, that looks like a pretty solid year it's not going to be a pantheon year but it's not going to be no, but i think it looks like a normal year well also yeah. factor in that this is the result of the previous year being a little less than is a lot of these mm-hmm. studios were pushing things back and so we got kind of like this uh, uh not a glut but we got we got some bonus we got some bonuses or we had con- or we had creators and and people that had more time on their hands to pump yeah. out projects mm-hmm. maybe at a quicker pace than they normally would um so yeah i if if this was like 
the norm going forward, I'd be all right with that. Like, I think yeah. this is like Tony said, I, a good solid year of good and of good and bad that totally yeah. fine. I, yeah. I also feel much better going into this year just because I mean, like kind of what you were saying, I just was having a tough time getting excited over some of the movies from last year and just didn't watch a lot. Whereas this year I felt like one, even more than last year, the ease of finding these things and accessing them uh, was through the roof. I watched, I watched basically every single one of these movies we're about to talk about uh, on streaming. Almost, almost when I went to the theater to go see as far as the best picture nominees go Two. All right. I'm full of shit. All right. But what I'm trying to say is I'm fucking excited. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a good show. I think it's going to be a good year. Like last year, I was able to see of the, of the big eight award categories. I saw everything, but one movie because it just was not playing anywhere. And I just didn't want to, you know, drop the dime or, or find it. And we'll get to that movie when we get there. But um, yeah, like I feel like I have a good, solid, informed opinion, and I can't wait to be very angry at two or three things that happen on uh, uh, this upcoming Sunday. And, and just to be clear, it's not going to be a good show because you said it's going to be a good show. It's not. It's not going to be a good show. They keep trying. They keep. They they keep trying to zag, anticipating the zig, and they just don't do it. What what I meant is going to it's going to be a good show for the Schadenfreude person in me to just okay. con- watch it continue to unravel and yeah. probably not even break five million viewers. Wow! With Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, and Regina Hall mm-hmm. uh, hosting, and uh, Sean White I'm and Tony Hawk, and DJ Khaled. I'm so DJ Khaled. Uh, my DJ favorite Khaled. tweet that I've seen so the far. The stars are out. It's Oscar is uh them playing the in memoriam and in between each one dj khaled going and another and another i hate that man so fucking much <laughs> well, at least at least they finally rectified rachel ziggler not getting uh invited to the ceremony now she has to work she's a presenter uh so they gave her a ticket and she's probably gonna be handing That's, out fucking she'll probably be handing out fucking like fantas backstage someone that should have been full-on nominated uh, yeah, we'll get there. Let's, yeah, <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll save, she, we'll save it. Yeah, let's get there. All right, let's. Uh, I got the list pulled up. You want me to? You want me to crack a lock at it from bottom to top? Sure. Okay. Uh, bottom to top, according to Wikipedia, we have best visual effects. Your nominees here are Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Spider Man: No Way Home. Tony, take it away. Tell us everything you know about the MCU. <laughs> I have not seen a uh, an MCU movie. I think since I saw Iron Man two with you guys, and I was like, "Oh, that sucked." And then I was like, oh, "I'm good." Oh no, wait, wait, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that's not correct. I saw Black, I saw Panther. Black Panther. Yeah, I did watch Black Panther. That's the that's the island in, after my abandonment of the MCU for this podcast five years ago, basically. <laughs> uh, no, that was like three years ago. That was that was fairly recent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Really? It was like it was like 2019 least, or something. I'm, I think it was 2019. At the Panther? latest, it was 2018. No. Yeah, it's right? 18. I think is probably more like it because no, actually no, it would have been no. It's earlier than that, guys. Because 19 was Endgame. So 18 is Infinity War. So that means it was at least 17. Take your word for that shit. 
<laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I could make a really, really mean joke to somebody right now, but I won't. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, I mean, 2018. Suck my 18. dick. Was 18. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, because it came we out the same year as. Uh, oh, it came out. It came out in the spring. It came out like in March. I was thinking yeah. it was the summer release. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I'm not anyway. a big MCU guy, uh, so course, I have no, not yeah. seen Spider-Man: No Way Home or Shang-Chi. Um, I did see No Time to Die, and I did see Dune. <laughs> and Tony, we know you loved Free Guy. Uh, was <laughs> glued to it. Um, wasn't enamored of the visual effects. <laughs> uh, I'm a shockingly only three out of five here. Like normally like in this category, I'm like, yeah, I've seen all the big blockbuster garbage, but I've not seen no time to die. And I've not yeah, seen free guy. Same. Um, I do I just, plan on uh, watching free guy with the big picture watch along. Yeah. I've, I've considered it. I just got to pick which seven streaming platforms that it's on. I got to watch it on. Um, I mean, this is going to be Dune like any, anything we're going to be able to clip through a lot of this quickly and the yeah. undercard, if you will. Because it's gonna be Dune. Uh, I will throw I will throw my my hat on Shang Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings just for the the bus sequence alone was one of the better yeah effects driven action sequences that Marvel has done in quite some time. They did a very very impressive job with that. So uh, there's a great uh, uh, Twitter thread uh, of from a San Francisco bus driver uh, mm -hmm. basically like going like frame by frame. <laughs> on that scene uh just kind of like imparting their wisdom and it's very very good i will say yeah. uh, i feel like <sighs> i hate that this is coming from me but also free guy fuck off come on get out of here ghostbusters yeah. ghostbusters afterlife should have been fucking nominated it's right there yeah. it's like right there. that's a slam dunk yeah that's it said, did get nominated a, uh, not that said but uh it um there was some uh uh early um like uh, concept images of what muncher was originally uh conceived as and it looks pretty mm -hmm. fucking cool i get why they didn't go with it because you're not gonna sell as many toys but it's pretty cool it's uh, you can see that like ghostbusters news on instagram or whatever the fuck <laughs> way to promote your instagram it's not my instagram <laughs> nah sure <laughs> yeah go ahead no i'm kidding um yeah that was a big one that i i was hoping would sneak in there everyone had matrix pegged here but matrix was a big old pile of shit yeah <laughs> so, yeah which I'm honestly sorry. when your visual effects can make people fucking sob in the theater like come on the fact that the matrix movie at the end of it despite the fact that i was like i had no idea what i just watched at the end of it i was like man the action the sign and the effects were just like kind of meh that's a total failure. Like at the very least, 20 some years after the original movie, that movie should blow my tits off with what it can now do. And it totally massively underwhelmed. Um, you guys both saw that? I didn't see it. I uh, I, I watched it when it was on HBO Max just because I love I love the first one so much and I'd seen heard and seen so many mixed things that I couldn't even form an opinion. I watched Steve Volume. and a friend have a 20 minute conversation with it and I was like, I don't know how you guys feel <laughs> still. Well, it, well, it's good we're having this conversation in public and not in earshot of your family. But like you, you need to learn to walk away, man. Like you got to walk away from these <laughs> movie franchises when they just start to suck. It's just like Matrix. I saw the first two and then I was just like, now nah, I'm good. 
you know, Lord of the Rings. I saw the first two and I was like, that was boring. I'm, I'm not I was sticking around for the third one. It won Best Picture. I didn't even see it. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm out. So you got to learn to walk away. As somebody that watched all of True Detective season two, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh... <laughs> Quit after two episodes. You walk away. He, he loves the hate watch. He loves like, the hate watch. I like hate watching. It's um yeah we'll we'll all come across movies that are our walk away movies uh throughout the night for sure beautiful well i mean to a certain extent i mean we're going to have plenty of time to talk about in these early categories but for me dune is one i don't have dune ranked highly on any of my lists for anything because that's just naturally a movie that's not for me like i've never been into that kind of subgenre of sci-fi I will recognize all of its, you know, visual and technological achievements all day long, but I just kept hitting my remote to see how much further the movie had left to go. (laughs) I I co-sign pretty much everything you just said there. Um, I we went and saw it in 4DX, not the best 4DX movie. A lot more water than you would expect. I, they just fucking blown sand in your face for two minutes. I was really hours. hoping they did that. Just like glittery sand. Give me, me fucking hopped up on spice. Please. Chair keeps moving randomly. Like, yeah. And anything. Scarsguard goop. Scars goop. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, it was again, could recognize everything. So we, we went and saw it. And then uh, on the way out <clears throat> after the movie, Charlie loved it. And, and she, and like, I couldn't put my finger on why I didn't. Uh, and she's like, oh, yeah, it gave me big Lord of the Rings vibes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it for all the reasons Tony said. Just like I it's not it just doesn't, you know, scratch my itch. Boring. Yeah. Yeah. Boring. Um, well, uh, moving on to best film editing, a category that's been kind of all over the place, according to a lot of the different uh, awards that have already been given up. Your nominees are Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog and Tick, Tick, Boom. This category has also famously been given out to the movie that just has the most editing. Yeah. As evidenced by the Bohemian Rhapsody win from a couple right, years ago. Everybody, please submit the number, uh, the total number of cuts you made in your movie. Um, yeah, here comes also, don't look up Oscar then. Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, yeah, yeah. well, actually, so uh, real quick before we get too far, um, mm-hmm. do we want to uh, include the Vegas odds as well? Oh, yes. I forgot but you had this. Yeah. Please. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for best visual effects uh no time to die is the underdog at plus 3300 free guy plus 2000 shang chi is plus 1100 no way home plus 1000 and dune minus 3000 yeah minus 3000 okay yeah Yeah. i'm gonna track this because um so rich knows this and tony might be uh familiar but i'm still in a fantasy movie league uh, that i've been doing for about 10 years now and this is the closest season of all time. Uh, myself and two other teams are all within 100 points of one another going into the Oscars. The leader had Spider-Man and pretty much nothing else. And, it's, and will not win because my team has three to four Oscar uh, nominees and the other team has three to four. So it's just going to come down to what wins between the two of us because we're essentially tied for points. Um, so I'll be tracking the, the odds to see where I'm possibly going to be standing. If either of you want to join us, we're drafting uh, at 7.30 p.m. Uh, this Friday. It's $25. Uh, I'm going to be at a My Chemical Romance happy hour. <laughs> that sounds like such a made-up excuse. <laughs> Where's that happy hour? Beauty bar. 
Oh, dope. That's gonna be you fun. should come. I do get off work at 7. Come on down. Let's do the movie league. No. <laughs> I actually. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not debating doing the movie league. I'm debating going to the okay. bar. You're good. I. Uh, I. I Kim. It's going to be a fun night. Um, yeah. And I, tonight, as we record this, uh, agreed to be in a fantasy baseball league this upcoming season <laughs> because I, I fucking hate myself. Fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a keeper league, so I'm inheriting somebody's team. <laughs> I'd rather coach us. But I've got the first round pick. I'd rather coach like Little League with a bunch of kids I don't know. <laughs> I, just cold. I was invited by our friend Connor Doyle, so I, I didn't want to uh, And I didn't he, dra- wanna... he dragged me into fucking football pickums this year, so I get the I know, I get the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> He's a nice I get guy. The feeling. I'm he would drag me into stuff if I knew him better. This time next year, you're like, man, I, I'm almost in the playoffs of my fantasy NBA league. Connor, yeah. <laughs> um, film editing, editing. Uh, yeah, just uh, like we're so, doing to ourselves on this podcast. We're we're do, <laughs> editing great. I um, if I had to pick one here, I as I was watching it, so the exact opposite of Dune is Tick Tick Boom for me. Did That's wanna, just the movie. Did you want to? Did you list them all? Or did yeah, I, I listed them all. Okay. Yeah, I listed them all. It was that uh, yeah, I know. Uh, tick, tick, boom is like the exact opposite of Dune for me. And that like there wasn't any way I was not going to fucking like that movie as a musical theater nerd that grew up in the era of like Jonathan Larson and fucking Rent still being like the most popular fucking thing. Um, but as I was watching that movie, I was particularly impressed with some of the technical aspects of it. Editing being one. So if I had to cling my horse to one. It would be that one. It's probably number five on the actual list of proposed winners, but that that would be my two cents as while watching it. Any other strong opinions? Uh, let's see. I agree with you on Tick Tick Boom. Um, like as I was watching it, I caught myself several times just thinking to myself, like, and, and this isn't directing, but just being impressed with like cuts, the pacing, this mm-hmm. and that. And just thinking, like, oh, who did this? Who did this? Oh fuck lynn yeah of course because why not um so i love yeah i think it's the best in this category um king richard didn't see it uh power the dog could have used more editing uh don't look up uh that was just oh what does editing look like from the inside of one's own ass uh and then uh, you know, don't it, it's don't it looks good, it, lo- it looks great, it was perfectly edited, uh, fantastic. But you know, what are you gonna do, Tony? Uh, I mean, don't look up, it's just so bad, I it, it can't be rewarded for anything. I wanted to like that movie so much, and by Mel's like, face, I like that movie. I'm one, I'm the only person that I know of that liked it. And we can get we can get into it more later, but yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you if you want to talk about it now because we're already talking about it. But like, I uh, like. So, what about it worked for you? I guess that's my question because I think for probably Rich and I, and I don't speak for Rich, but it sounds like nothing about it quite worked for us. So i I guess what worked for me, I didn't get this feeling of heavy handedness as much as everyone else did. I know that's like the biggest complaint in the movie. It's a very pretentious, heavy handed satire. And I 
obviously got the satire, but I thought it was done in a compelling, big budget way and had some great performances. I, I, I don't know how to verbalize it beyond that. I, I didn't see it as offensively Hollywood as people made it sound or made it seem. Yeah. I, so for me, it wasn't so much that like, I could give a shit less that it was a satire. That's fine. You're going to make satires. We have to make satires. And satire is such a difficult, difficult genre of comedy to like try and do that nine times out of 10, it's going to be a failure or a disaster or anything or whatever, or it's just going to miss the mark. Um, And this, so I didn't care that it was a satire at all or that it was, you know, a clunky satire. I just like, it just wasn't a good story to me. And it just wasn't a good, just wasn't well put together there were like two different movies at one point happening you had the there's a there's a, a asteroid on its way to earth and then you have like a, this weird infidelity storyline yeah that just was like completely out of place sham chalamet like shows up like a, what ends up being a third of the way through the movie and you're still like what are you doing here and then i feel like a lot of it is just also kind of just again just kind of like patting itself on the back like when they released the the those clips of like Meryl Streep improvising in her scene and shit like that. Like, it's just oh. like, this isn't good. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> improv. This is just good for Meryl Streep doing improv. And so we're all going <laughs> to applaud it. You know? God, I'd love to do improv with Meryl Streep back in the day. That'd be, that'd be great. Uh, um, I, I'm, I don't I'm think currently... she's any fun. I would not want to do improv with Meryl Streep. I think she's I... totally humorless. Huh? I'd rather just do. to be on record. <laughs> I'd rather do improv with Grace Gummer than Meryl Streep. Uh, yeah, I've I've been watching the the reboot uh, Who's Line uh, on HBO Max recently. Like when they like that new era hosted by Aisha Taylor and uh, Tyler, and they would bring like guests on to the show to like play yeah. in the games or whatever instead of like audience volunteers. And now I'm just imagining that with Meryl Streep. I just want Colin Mockery and a Meryl Streep join now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I totally agree with the the the, the two stories. It's not a best picture nominee. Like it's not at all. That 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 part to me, I can totally get on board with. But in terms of like, again, hearkening back to a different time, had that been to me pr- pr- positioned as like a July big budget go to the theater and laugh movie, I think it would have a lot more appreciation as opposed to, oh, here's another fucking prissy uptight m- message comedy. From a guy that's already done two of them that I haven't seen either one of those either. I think that's a big thing. I haven't seen The Big Short and I haven't seen Vice. So I went in a lot fresher on McKay in a movie than the other than a lot of other people have. See, I I haven't seen Vice, but I have seen Big Short a couple times and loved it. And like it's yeah, it's it just from one to the other, it does seem like he took the wrong lessons to learn. Sure. Yeah, I mean, based based on say, reviews and based on trajectory, he's it, like that's going downward. So, yeah, Tony? yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, having seen uh, both the Big Short and Vice, um, this one, and I thought both those movies worked. You know, um, I didn't think Vice was like a best picture type movie. I didn't think it was quite that good, but I thought it worked. Big Short, I thought was was quite good. Um, don't look up. I was like, I mean. I was really just 
disgusted by it, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought the ethics of, of it were completely out of whack. I thought as a satire, even, it totally missed. Like, it, I, I didn't think any of the punches landed. I thought I, 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 I thought they were soft glancing punches that totally failed to land, basically, which is why I didn't think it really worked as a satire. Um, I mean, the performances were fine, but like, I, I don't know, for me in a movie, it's like the performances have to be in service of something like there has to be a good script or like a good idea, at least behind it. And I was I mean, I thought it was a, a total miss. I was like, dude, if like if you're going to do like a climate change apocalypse satire you better not miss like that's fucking serious for people like it's it's an also a serious issue you don't fuck around with that like don't 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 do that i do kind of i do I think about it. so <laughs> like, poor think, taste <laughs> i think it's part of the re part of the problem that people have with it is that this now being the second most watched movie in netflix history it reached probably so many people well yeah quote unquote but that it did do its job probably for the people that would understand it or get it at that very, very minimal LCD level. So I, I think it probably achieved what it wanted to do. And I think other people probably had higher aspirations for it. And it didn't if, even come close. If, to it, if it does end up like functioning, like, you know, like early TV Sorkin and it like, on ramps people into you know a, like a bigger idea of things yeah. of things eventually down the road like then at least it served its purpose in that aspect um i just appreciated that so i appreciated that it ended the way it did with it act with it just okay spoilers huh. oh yeah um we forgot to say this is all spoilers we've seen all these movies if you haven't turn this off yeah but i appreciate that they do it just annihilate the fucking earth um yeah but I, I i also just again from a plot mechanic point of view i feel like that the reaction and the urge to want to stop it uh was greatly overplayed because i think at this point a lot of people on this earth would hear that an asteroid is on a direct course with earth and be like you know what i'm good yolo <laughs> yeah how much time how much time how much we time? got well, looks so like we got another hour forty-five in the crown room. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> the liquor store. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it would be much more welcome than that movie made it out to seem. Well, they did make a nice dinner, and you know, right. um, uh, what are our betting odds here for film editing, Rich? Film editing, don't look up plus twenty-five hundred. So there you go. I'm glad that we got all the don't look it, up talk out of the way. It it will it will absolutely win nothing. It will not be winning a single thing. Uh, it's it. Could easily win Best Picture. No, there's no... There are at least three more guaranteed locks before that movie, and it, there, there's giant gaps between all of them. Okay. I I think it might be too original of a story to win Best Picture, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Like, if, it's, not, it's not based on anything or... or if it like does, that. if it does in retrospect, that will make Crash look like... Like, on honestly, like... In terms, make in terms crash of like, look like driving Miss Daisy, the opposite <laughs> of what would happen if you crash. I meant in terms, not in terms of my own personal opinion. I just meant yeah. in terms of the news and what it'll mean for the Oscars, and that like it, it'll be an absolute disaster. Well, 
we can talk about maybe making some bets when we get to the best picture odds and we talk okay. about that. we can maybe we can maybe put some money on the table but burn it all down it's hot <laughs> plus 1200 <laughs> tick tick boom yeah uh plus 300 power of the the power of the dog uh plus 200 king richard and uh minus 110 <laughs> I, I went on a loop, uh, Snoop Dogg saying Denis Villeneuve totally wrong for the rest of my life. That uh, was, hold on. Was... He, he pronounced it uh, 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 Adim Dizel, right? <laughs> I'm just glad he didn't do Dennis Villanueva like I thought he was going to. <laughs> oh, man, we got Dennis Villanueva up in this fucking movies. Oh, man. I don't know if knew anything about this. I went to high school with him. He was in JROTC. Uh <laughs> Uh, best costume design. Uh, your nominees are Cruella, uh, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. Uh, so th- three out of five here again, because um, even though it was readily available to me, I just will not watch. One thing I've drawn a line to sand on nowadays is live action Disney remake. So I didn't watch fucking Cruella. Um, and well, Cyrano you missed out. And Cyrano like was had the weirdest release schedule of all time that probably that almost definitely, according to everybody, cost Peter Dinklage an Academy Award nomination. <laughs> it was like they were embarrassed to put it in theaters or something. It was yeah. like they put it in theaters for like 72 hours and then pulled it. And it was so bizarre. I've it was like, seen threat too. like it. Like you have 72 hours to finish playing Cyrano or else I, Dinklage gets it. Yeah, I but saw they the trailer to like the movie theater, not yeah. to like your your Roku. <laughs> like, wait, what? I, I saw the trailer to it before Licorice Pizza and Jackass Forever in theaters. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> are there only six Cyrano and Jackass audiences? Are there only six trailers in the booth? What's going on here? Also, um, if we can go back, I, I, I probably actually missed. So maybe I'm campaigning for it for next year. Uh, Jackass Four for best visual effects. It's got some good ones. Got some good like ones. I'm just getting the campaign started now. God I didn't see it damn! Yet, so. There's no way to to it's gonna be on Paramount Plus in like a few days, like the end of the month, basically. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and the rest of the jackasses are there too. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to talk about it through the rest of this uh, uh, podcast. But holy shit, so good. Tony won't say anything, but it's got easily like one of my favorite bits of all time that they've ever done. I'm sure I will love it. I, I have loved Jackass ever since it was on the air originally, as like everyone in their mid thirties, I loved Jackass when I was uh, a youth. And I would nice. like to get I the campaign do. going for best supporting actor, Danger Aaron. Danger, Danger I was like, Aaron, I was like yeah. Dark Shark. It's <laughs> <was> like <laughs> Danger Aaron's nutsack, which just gets destroyed every time. Oh, don't just you wait. This one is no better. Uh, oh. uh, Corella, moving on. No, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if you're moving on to Ville, it should be fucking Corella, right? Uh, worst worst injury to a McGahey, Aaron McGahey's nuts or Willis McGahey's knee. Rip <laughs> go. God. Uh, it's didn't Danger Aaron's nuts start bleeding, or was that someone else's? No, Dan, uh, I don't want to spoil this for Tony. Danger Aaron has okay, a so testicular that- injury in this movie. So bad that it makes Lance Bangs throw up. <laughs> Remember? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. You're good, Tony. 
Uh, also, I should say, that is a serious ball injury for Aaron McGahee. <laughs> yep. That is yep. serious ball injury. Um, yeah, best costumes, uh, huh? Uh, uh, look, you know, you got you got some period pieces in here. You got some sci-fi pieces. Uh, I honestly thought Dune should probably, I think Dune should probably come out on top in this because it's pretty cool. Nightmare Alley is just, you know, you go to a fucking thrift store or something. I don't fucking know. Yeah, um, really. I mean, basically the same thing with West Side Story. They were probably sharing it's costumes. Just, it's just t-shirts and jeans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was just like, hey, you got a filthy, you know, you got like a filthy yeah. wife beater here or what? That's, yeah. that's your whole outfit. It's like, okay. Um, yeah. That said, it is quite hilarious to me that uh, in in this year for best costume design uh the one movie about Don't fucking started <laughs> about fashion, fashion designers doesn't get nominated when i is so it, i have the house, house of gucci, gucci we talking about i want this sword like a like patient i am um, <laughs> fuck it no, we're no, not there yet no, you gotta, if you're going to talk about House of Gucci, the rule on this podcast from the moment we started it was if you're going to talk about House of Gucci, you have to do so in an Italian accent. I'm sorry. I forget. What if I do a Russian accent? That could be confused for Italian. We're, it's close <laughs> enough. And any accent is okay. I don't know what the I fuck that was. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I have that a movie in a, the movie A League. Thinking... Uh, Oh, we going to clean that up. <laughs> Disclaimer, Rich Camelucci is Italian, and by me doing this, okays all of this. Uh, so, no costume, no acting, no picture. The makeup, okay. <laughs> I, Tony, I saw this movie alone with my mother in theaters. <laughs> oh, God, I wish I could have if I could have sticky soda on the floor of that theater. Oh, it was a very bad theater. The other oh, movie that was damn. playing at the same time of ours broke down. So when I went to go, like, get a drink for my mom, <laughs> the lobby was packed. Everyone was pissed off. Spider-Man broke. Um, yeah, it was it was an experience. And it rightfully is not nominated for basically anything. It, it was it was an experience. And it's not here in costume. And it will forever piss me off that I lost those points in my movie league. Review. Uh, it was okay. But that's basically her review for anything. Meals. Why they, they talk so funny? No, she was like, oh, "What? She, oh, she had a really bad opinion." Since we got in the car, she was like, "I, I see why she did what she did." And I was like, "Oh God, here we go." And I was like, "Jesus Christ!" It was like okay, a twenty-five minute drive. The Italians. <laughs> but it was luckily, it wasn't that. Go. That's fucking great. Yeah. So Can we just uh, get your mom a podcast? I did one with her once, and I swore never again. No, no, no. You, you're not on it. It's it's her and Jillian. <laughs> I'm going to have to do something. Her and Jillian? Yeah, uh, you're, just, you're just producing it. Five episodes in, Jillian will probably kill her with her bare hands. So, well, you know what? Yeah. Let's do a movie podcast. Let's do a podcast <laughs> with my mom. I'm in now. What's next? Uh, oh, odds for costume design. Odds for the costume design plus twenty five hundred for Cyrano, because nobody saw it. Uh, plus twenty five hundred for Nightmare Alley. Plus twelve hundred for West Side Story. Four hundred for plus four hundred for Dune and Corella at minus six fifty. That movie was made to win an Oscar for costume design. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's all it was. 
Uh, Best Makeup and Hairstyling nominees are Coming to America, Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and hey, look at that, Asaguchi. I will say I appreciated the makeup and hairstyling in House of Gucci. Uh, I've only seen two of the nominees. I uh, I just want to know did they did they drag Rick Baker's ass out of retirement for for coming to America not coming to America coming to America <laughs> have they then he's just using the name Stacy Morris or something instead <laughs> uh, yeah I saw coming to America uh, by the recommendation of Barry Naylor via social media which means I don't listen to Barry Naylor's opinions anymore. <laughs> He's got some wild that, movie opinions, man. Yeah. I follow him and I love him, but his movie opinions are wild. That said, it was nowhere near as bad as it could have been. The pro- It was just totally, totally skippable, passable, never should have fucking happened. Uh, but it wasn't, like, offensively bad. So I guess that's a win. And it got oh. an Oscar nomination, so there you go. <laughs> Get those uh, Bezos dollars. Um, I, This is another to me where it's like, yeah, fucking Dune. Look at, look at Batista. Look at Stellan Skarsgård. Look at everybody. But the fact that this is going to get one about the movie of the person who famously had the worst makeup in the history of makeup, it's just another, what the fuck is happening? Like, that is the front runner now, is the Eyes did of it, Tammy Faye. Did anybody else watch the Eyes of Tammy Faye? Oh, yeah. I watched the Eyes of Tammy Faye. I uh, it's, it was fine. They made I, a movie. It, yeah. It's, uh, the, you got your two leads absolutely going for it and crushing it, but the actual movie that was draped around them is just... Not, it's just a big old nothing burger. Yeah. I didn't even realize old Andy Garfs was uh, in the thing. Oh, no, yeah. I knew Showalter directed it. But I, mm-hmm. I, I completely forgot uh, uh, Andy Garfield was uh, in the damn thing. Garf had a year. Garf, Garf yeah. had a big old year. Um, Tony, any any year uh, makeup and hairstyling aficionado? Uh, that's a slur. No. Um, I, no <laughs> I, I don't know anything about makeup and hairstyling. Um, you guys know I've, I've never once styled my hair. Um, uh, well, once I styled your hair for you. Uh, that's true. You did. You cut it all off, and I loved it. Uh, low maintenance. Uh, I, no, I mean, how's a Gucci look, look good? Everybody looked good. You know, everybody was very, you know, attractive in it. Um, that's all I have to say. Just because this is probably the last chance we'll have to talk about how's a Gucci. Uh, the, the one Ridley Scott. Uh, Adam Driver movie I did see this year uh, was the the last duel, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I'm not upset that I watched it. Um, again, just another movie where people just fucking going for it, uh, which is great. But I also just love that this is the this is the year that will forever go down as the one that had two Ridley Scott movies with actors going for it on complete different spectrums of the accent scale. <laughs> Because there is just the last duel, which takes place in France in like the 1800s, is just everyone talking in their regular accent. So it's Ben Affleck and Matt Damon just fucking shooting the shit. Yeah, fucking Boston. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we went, yeah, we went yeah, over yeah. this last duel. You fucking, fucking wicked duel, eh? You fucking tell me what happened. No, I'm hearing from everybody here what fucking happened. Uh, that said, also the duel at the end of the movie, the, the titular. Uh, last duel and fucking rips ass. Sweet. I, I, I want to hope that there was some kind of cross filming between these two movies 
and there's just a cut somewhere where they just put Jared Leto in Last Duel for like 15 minutes. Actually, Adam Adam Driver does talk with uh, an Italian accent for for about a quarter of the movie. I forgot. Jared Leto is so bad and notable that Adam Driver gets totally off the hook (laughs) for House of Gucci. Which is saying something. It It is appalling. Uh, what are, what are a lot of, of Paul. Uh, hang on. Before we leave House of Gucci behind, we have to pour one out for Al Pacino. He hey, might be the, he might be the second best actor about? in that movie. He might be the second best performance in that movie. <laughs> uh, who's the best performance? Who Lady Gaga. Lady one? Gaga. Lady Gaga. She's still good in that movie. Her accent, she, her, she sounds like she's hunting moose and squirrel, but she's still fucking good in the movie. <laughs> It is a Boris and Natasha ass Russian accent, man. It is, and she um, she's still fucking fire. But just I did this recently. Every now and then, just go on YouTube and pull up the Pacino speech from any given Sunday, mm-hmm. and then fucking run through a wall. <laughs> just clean. It's the fucking best. What are our, what are our odds for makeup and hair, Rich? Lawrence Taylor's character gets paralyzed in that movie and makes 50000 extra dollars for it. House of Gucci plus 1800 coming to America plus 1000 Dune 500, Cruella 500, and the eyes of Tamothy Faye minus 300. The fact that we could have multi-Oscar winning film Cruella just, no matter what the movies are or what the awards are, just doesn't, doesn't sit well with me. Even yeah. though by all accounts, people that saw it enjoyed it. Uh, best cinematography nominees are Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. If I'm not mistaken, I do believe this is one of the awards that possibly got bumped from the not bumped from the broadcast, but will be uh, recorded prior to the live yeah. broadcast, uh, which is kind of odd to me. I don't know if this is like why this order is in the way that it is. Yeah, but, it's um, not I could be live. Could could be mistaken. Um, what what everyone thinking here? What's everyone What's everyone got? Uh, for me, this is a. I've seen all the nominees. For me, this is a two horse race between uh, the power of the dog and the tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah, have, having just watched tragedy of Macbeth, uh, the last movie that I watched of this process two days ago at this point, um, I would definitely kind of put it uh, in that regard. For and we're going to be talking about power of the dog a lot, so we won't get into it now. But for every uh, problem I have with power of the dog, and there are plentiful of them. Um, I, I, the one thing I will not argue against it is it's cinematography. Uh, that said, Janice Kaminsky fucking knows what he's doing. And <laughs> West Side Story was there shot. Are some great shots. There are some great shots. Was shot amazingly. And that's another movie that I have plenty of problems with, but that's just because I have a massive West Side Story bias. But it's, that would personally be my vote in that, in that category. Uh, based on your snapping and your entire history, Rich, go ahead. Um, <laughs> uh, well, so first things first, I. Yes, I get that Power of the Dog has great cinematography, but it's also begging you to look at its cinematography. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's drawing attention to it more. You can also argue that Nomadland was very much in the same way. Which I haven't seen, but I've seen Eternal, yeah. so it's close enough. Uh, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of people. Some people can't <coughs> act. Some people can. It's, it's fine. Um, 
whereas like West Side Story has the type of cinematography in it to where like you don't notice it until it's already happening to you you know mm-hmm. like you're engrossed in this shot and you're just like oh shit this is this we haven't cut away at all this is oh fuck oh this is as i as i, I my my self parody of a letterbox review for west side story and this 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 is like nuts to bolts technical screenplay acting the approach of it all this movie didn't try and reinvent the wheel. It gave it power steering. And wow. Yeah. I'm fucking proud of myself for that one. But it's also <laughs> true every step of the way. That said, also, tragedy, uh, tragedy of Macbeth left me fucking floored, like visually. Like, I, yeah. there's some shots in there that I, that like fucking went into my dreams, my actual dreams. Um, uh, yeah. But you know, fucking Dune, ah, it's so fucking sandy. Ah, who gives a shit? Um, Nightmare Alley was good. <laughs> oh, yeah, for, not- me, like, for me, like, yeah, Dune and Nightmare Alley, like, they looked good. They were pretty conventional mm-hmm. movies, and I didn't really notice the cinematography. So I think we Same. can safely disregard them in the category. I was going to say, story, I-, I, I, I thought it was great. I mean, there are definitely a lot of shots in there that I thought were pretty iconic. Um, in terms of like the like the single shot with a like a crazy moving camera, like I think Rich, you're probably talking about the scene where they go into the dance. There's that. The There's also the I mean the opening shot. The, op- too. the opening, the opening, like ten minutes of the movie, just like holy shit, Steven Spielberg and Janice Kaminsky are together again. Yeah, <laughs> they fucking I mean, became Voltron, man. Um, one thing that I was confused that wasn't nominated here that I thought could have been nominated, for instance, in place of Nightmare Alley, was the French Dispatch, which also had one of those awesome, like, like long, complicated, everything has to operate in sequence type shots, where uh, Jeffrey Wright arrives at the police station and kind of walks through all the different rooms, and it's like a three minute shot that you know, there's like you know, probably 20 actors doing shit in it. And it's, it's, it's a really neat shot like that. It's just like, Oh, I wonder why they didn't, they didn't recognize that for literally anything like zero noms. Like, Oh yeah. It was, was it was a movie. I'm not a, I'm not a Wes Anderson guy at all. And I, that took me by surprise because I know people fucking loved the French dispatch. I I have not seen it yet. uh, And I am a Wes Anderson guy. And yeah, it was, earmarked to get at least three or four nominations i think the anthology of it all like anthology movies just don't hit people the right way i honestly think it's probably what it was could be um uh, i was gonna say something always remember also that janice kaminsky was the uh dp on cool as ice the villain ice movie always janice kaminsky <laughs> janush janush that's what i said like the guy from Ghostbusters too, right? Just do that. His is I, Janos. Yeah, not uh, what are what are what are our odds there, Rich? Nightmare Alley plus five thousand. Uh, West Side Story criminally plus twenty five hundred. Tragedy Make the money, Rich. <sighs> Tragedy of Macbeth plus sixteen hundred. Power of the Dog plus four hundred. Dude, any guesses? Probably like minus five hundred at least. 
Not more. I'm gonna say minus three fifty. Minus eight hundred. Yeah, that's outrageous. That movie yeah. did not look that good. Like not that good. Plus, like half of it was done on a green screen. Like fuck off with those movies on the fucking green screen. You can do anything you want on that. Like get out of here. There's a I'm reason for the Marvel movies in this category. They shoot it all at a green screen. There's a uh, there's got one of my favorite like probably apocryphal Hollywood stories is when uh, uh, Scorsese was making Gangs of New York and he invited Lucas on set just because they're all boys. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're at the five points set. And you got like this, just all these streets going everywhere, all these this buildings everywhere and everything. And uh, Lucas is looking around and like kind of points, points around. He's like, you know, you can uh, do this all on computers now, right? Yeah. Talking to, like, why are you talking doing to, all this? I'm talking to fucking Scorsese like he's an asshole. Uh, bringing up Gaines and York brings me to one of the random ass things I wanted to mention. I recently had a dream that only the two of you will appreciate. Gloria! Oh, yeah. Hi, Julie. Hi, Julie. <laughs> my cat has appeared in the room with my wife. Otherwise, like, not to totally derail us, and then boom, a cat I like. <laughs> the only cat you like. The only cat. Also, that's uh, the winner for Best International Feats in 2023. <laughs> the only cat I like. Uh, my, uh, the story I was going to say was I had a dream recently where I was on set of Gangs in New York for no reason at all. Okay. And then I immediately went to a, a screenwriting uh, award ceremony that I was being uh, honored at. And right before I was honored, uh, honored for his original screenplay was Jamal Tinsley. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember, the last thing I remember the screen is... Uh, the dream is on screen is just like Jamal Tinsley's like NBA.com profile picture. And it just says like achievement in screenwriting. And I woke up. I never got to know like what the movie was, what like get to see him talk. God, I was well, like, oh, you know what the movie was? The dustpan. Yeah, the <laughs> dustpan incident. Yeah. Uh, in my mind, also on that screen is the jersey of every team he's played for, like on basketball reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 13 jerseys lined up. <laughs> so, yeah, so I knew you guys would appreciate that. Uh, but do you appreciate as much as best production design? Segway. <laughs> uh, their nominees, uh, are they the same? Yeah, they're the exact same as cinematography. Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy Macbeth, and West Side Story. Uh, this is one where I will also echo West Side Story uh, for before I saw Tragedy Macbeth uh, yesterday. And let me be clear. As much as I said Dune, like Dune as a movie and a genre is not for me, Shakespeare is even more. So I was not an overall fan of the tragedy of Macbeth because I'm just not a Shakespeare guy. Uh, but I can, I can appreciate its production design and cinematography as well as anybody else. Let me get you up on tragedy of Macbeth, my man. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to sell you, know, you retroactively on this movie. All right. Good well, luck. You fucking digested well done Shakespeare in 90 minutes you take in that amount of it's the same reason you, you, you put the symphony over a baby over the baby in the womb you know it enriches you even if you're not like liking it as it's coming in you're gonna feel better about yourself subconsciously taking in some Shakespeare and Shakespeare in 90 minutes let's fucking go and even if you don't know what the fuck's going on in the story they conveniently titled it the tragedy of Macbeth so you get a kind of an idea of what's going to happen at the end and at the very least, you get maybe the greatest actor of his time, Denzel Washington, speaking the words of the bard. Holy hell. 
what a treat in our lifetime that we don't have to pay $650 to go see it live on Broadway. But we got it on Apple Plus with a bunch of other great shows for your liking, uh, like <laughs> Severance. Uh, how, lastly, how deep are you in the hole with Apple, Rich? Jesus. Yeah, it's man. bad, man. <laughs> you bought the stock. It's bad. Uh, I have one other. Oh, and then you get to see Frances McDormand making resting Oscar face. I, I was shocked she did not get nominated this year because that's all I could think in any of her scenes is just like, she just has to, she can't ever do anything else. She can't be in like the next Paul Feig movie. She's just always going to be in a fucking serious movie where she gets to be snippy and, and fucking act her ass off. Well, she, I mean, she's got to be careful because she's three for three. Every time she's nominated for best actor, she wins. I know. So she doesn't want to you know, mess up her total. I just, there's a reason why everyone loves Olivia Coleman, you know? <laughs> I love Olivia Coleman. We're going to get to her later. Yeah. She's quite good. She's very good at what Tragedy she does. Tragedy Beth fucking rip. And, uh, oh, God, uh, our boy fucking Corey Hawkins was great in it. You get fucking. Oh, so I didn't like him at all. I didn't like Dudley, him at all in that. Dudley Dursley up in the mix. I like uh, Dudley. Oh, yeah. Dudders. Uh, yeah, man. It ripped. Uh, but, yeah, West Side, here's the thing about West Side Story. Like, as you're watching it, you're telling yourself, like, this is. A soundstage. This is a soundstage, but your mind keeps on telling you, no, no, no. This is a real. These are the real streets of you know the west side of New York. But that, like that's just I don't know. Jo Johnny and I talked about it after the movie, and it was just like, yeah, it was. You had to keep reminding yourself like, there's this doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, Tony. Um, yeah, I mean this is tough. Um, Nightmare Alley, really nice job. No, Dune. No. Uh, Power of the Dog, just not enough there in terms of production design. Like, yeah. Well, that said, you know, she did make New Zealand look like Montana. I mean, fair play to her. She, if you have open ground with mountains in the background, you know, I'm not saying <laughs> it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying I don't think there was quite enough there quite enough uh, stylization that maybe we haven't seen this is best pro uh, production design a best set locator right like especially when it's up against west side and Macbeth, which were both i would say exemplary in this regard um as has been detailed and uh I let's would, go to uh, sam elliott for his thoughts on best production designs man that's not <laughs> fucking montana that's not oh, fucking Shakespeare. What's all this guys dressing up as women shit? That ain't Shakespeare. There's no dicks in Montana like that. I've been, I've I've been working Montana on this. For, I've been working on this for this very moment, and that's the, as good as it's going to get, so don't ask me to do that again. <laughs> well, wait till I do my Stellan Skarsgård later. Oh, um, wonderful. Can't wait. What was your pick, I Tony, would, there? I would go with Tragedy of Macbeth at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are the Because Tragedy Macbeth is plus thirty three hundred. Mm. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, that's that might be worth a might be worth a dollar. That shit is cuckoo bananas to me. Uh, worth a dollar. That's way too good to be plus thirty three hundred. Yeah, Power of the Dogs plus two thousand. West Side Stories plus fourteen hundred. Nightmare Alley's plus two fifty, and Dune at minus four hundred. Yeah, I knew I knew from the, the a couple he, of the YouTube channels probably, that I follow. 
he probably like got one of the dumbass spaceships like really right or something dude what <laughs> what did people see in dune like you saw it in 4dx <laughs> i saw it on my tv at home like w- we saw it about as like at opposite the, end of the spectrum, the spectrum like, yeah people just impressed like, yeah, fine you know people, fine people fucking go i mean like there's a reason why people still fucking go gaga for the book and shit like that and yeah. you know like people like it i i i can never tap into anything star trek but i know people fucking love it yeah it's it's the same the one thing it didn't get uh, recognized for excuse me would have been the one thing i would have recognized it for would have been its direction because denis is very good at what he does as we've seen from his other movies uh as as you listen to us all credit him for everything we've talked about dune beforehand yeah i'm like that's what worked about the movie was like was like the pacing and the performances and the overall tone and like all the stuff that like the director controls but it wasn't i was never watching it going like this looks fantastic man we must recognize greg fraser or like look this just looks incredible like all the detail and whatever like we must recognize the production design patrice vermette it was like all right fine you know this this looks like you know man everything (laughs) about the oscars is political and you know that the Bene Gesserit is holding their thumb down on the Academy, you know, making things work from the shadows. That's there's the only probably actual specific thing from Dune I can remember aside from Spice. And there's also actual people that probably think that's a real fucking thing that well, the left yeah, that's it so controls. <laughs> Just sounds like something that's exited the mouth of shitty senators. Uh, best sound. Belfast. Dune. No Time to Die. Power of the Dog and West Side Story. This one definitely skews a little bit more like Oscar baby than usual. Like usually you have, you know, a, a big dumbass Michael Bay movie in here or a Marvel movie or a movie that's incredibly predicated towards sound like Sound of Metal last year. Um, but uh, yeah, I have no this is probably just going to be another Dune. Uh, you've, you've, so, both, you've both seen Belfast, right? Yes, I saw I, Belfast. I not. You have not? Which, Nothing about you... it like struck as like best sound to me would be my okay. only like my only comments here. But okay, okay. Do you disagree? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, I, I so I did see it, um, and it was it was good. It, it that's as far as I would go. I wouldn't say anything particularly negative about it. It just was a good solid movie that if I'm making a list of the ten best movies of the ones that I saw, it'd probably be in there. But it's going to be near the bottom of that of those ten. So, you know. Um, okay. Well, then. Um, yeah, actually, I've only, yeah, only seen three of these five. I'd say the musical. <laughs> it did sound great. It did sound good. What, what do the odds sound like, Rich? Uh, Belfast, plus 2,500. The Power of the Dog, plus 2,000. No Time to Die, plus 1,600. West Side Story plus five hundred, Dune. Any guesses, gentlemen? Oh, this is probably like a, at least a thousand. I'd have to guess thousand, thousand minus one thousand. Um, yeah, I'm starting to kind of see here, uh, uh, just like something we compared it to, Lord of the Rings. It's gonna be it's winning a lot of the uh, technical. But the, here. yeah, it's, it'll it'll it will the same thing like Matrix did. Like every year, there's the one movie that sweeps these. It's just is a certain achievement. It just doesn't feel like that achievement this year because there's nothing to me that was like groundbreaking about it. Yeah. Um. 
I'll have, I'll take it because I have this movie in my movie league. So that right there, everything we just said, I win. So uh, there is a growing like feeling though that it will underperform. It's I think we've already had it winning four or five, and people think it will get cut down by a couple yeah. of things. So. Uh, while we're in the uh, the world of using your ears, what best original song? Uh, be works. alive, be alive uh, from King Richard by Beyonce. Dos Oraguitas from Encanto by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Down to Joy from Belfast by Van Morrison. No Time to Die from No Time to Die uh, from Billie Eilish. And Somehow You Do from Four Good Days by our old favorite, Diane Warren, who just refuses to not be nominated uh, for a movie that I literally did not know was qualified for this because I saw it in a Walmart in the Walmart DVD aisle and was like, what the fuck's this Glenn Close Mila Kunis movie that went straight to DVD? And then it gets nominated for a fucking Oscar for a Diane Warren movie. Uh, what number is this? I, God, I, this is our annual talk about Diane Warren moment. Uh, what is she at now? Yeah, how many? One, two, three, four, five, six. This is number 13. Number 13 for her. Five years in a row. What? <laughs> She's been nominated. What an absolutely stupid historical trivia loophole. This is. This is. She's automatic. By far, it's the worst category uh, in the history of the Academy Awards. It shouldn't be a thing. It's a. It's a great ploy to get famous uh, recording artists to your show, but then things like this happen. You know what else was nominated for best song? The song from Junior. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I like to uh, recant what I just said. Uh, she has not been nominated the past five years. She uh, was nominated seven of the past eight. <laughs> and I would also like to recant what I just said. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just going to read you the movies that she's been nominated for. And if you can tell me what any of these movies are besides the one I just told you about, I'll give you a fucking cookie. Beyond the Dude, Light. I don't well, even actually, know what the Four Good Days is. That just came except, out. I don't even know what that shit is. Except for one, because one's very self-explanatory. So I'm going to put a caveat on it. You'll know it when you hear it. Uh, Beyond the Lights, The Hunting Ground, Marshall, RBG, Breakthrough, The Life Ahead, and Four Good Days. RBG being the one, of course, and I'll throw away because it's the Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie. You were just reading parts of sentences. Those, those are movies. <laughs> Diane Warren got Oscar nominations. Are we sure her. these aren't Lifetime movies? Are we sure this isn't? These all are like those Bruce Willis movies that he does now. <laughs> it's just in his Rezzy contract that, that uh, Diane Warren has to do the song for the movie. I'll pay a lot of fucking money to see Bruce Willis as Ruth Bader Ginsburg in a movie. So oh that's my god! My... Okay, so this movie Four Good Days. I got to tell you guys some facts about this movie, please. I assume none of us saw it. I certainly no. Did not. Glenn Close and Mila Kunis didn't see it. They're in it. Do you know who is third build? I do not. Steven Root. Ooh, okay. Now okay. you piqued my okay. interest. Um, so this movie was released at Sundance, January of 2020. The worst timing. Got shelved for a year. <laughs> came out <laughs> the worst. Just the fucking worst. Probably deserved <laughs> came it. Out, came out the following April. Just terrible timing. Um, yeah, it came out the following April. Total box office. Guess the box office on this film. Four good days, starring oh, no, like did again, it make it Sundance. Yeah, like, like probably Close and Mila Kunis. Probably like hundred eighty grand, if that. Rich, what's your guess? 
I'm gonna two hundred and fifty grand. All right, it did make a little bit more than that. It didn't crack a million, but it did make eight hundred grand. In this market, that's a blockbuster. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like having come out. Well, when did it actually come out? It was released in cinemas on April thirtieth, twenty twenty-one. Yeah, still, that's not good timing. It's going up no, against terrible. it's going up against F nine. Can we, yeah, can we, can we also, can we also, it's probably a variant. Can we track this movie and COVID from beginning to end? <laughs> See, <laughs> I legitimately did that with cats, by the way. <laughs> when I looked up the release date of cats and the first confirmed case of COVID, they're like eight days apart. Uh, uh, Wuhan flu. More like the Waran flu. What a great description of the last two and a half years. <laughs> there it is thank you tony um uh so yeah so i literally had to listen to like three of these songs the other day because i hadn't heard any of them even though i've seen uh f- well three of these movies um i'm gonna pick in Kanto here because i have a child and it's the song i've heard the most even though it's the fifth best song in the fucking movie gonna, how how much is is disney kicking themselves for submitting that over any of the other songs much less i was not- gonna say I, I i i saw that movie i remember several songs i don't remember Don't Fest. yeah it's the ballad it's the it's oh. the ballad at the end of the movie mm. and they thought it was going to be like another remember the me? big yeah the big tearjerker and it's like no it's the fucking banger and it's the fucking banger and fucking it's the fucking banger tiktok three- got a hold of three of those motherfuckers and, t- and, t- and turned them loose like it's crazy that yeah i i don't know so i mean now the thing is just after 22 movies never winning this every bond movie just fucking wins this now yeah adele busted it open and of course the oscars in their attempt to be hip will try to get billy eilish on their stage that's that's how this goes so uh yeah. listen to, listen to the song didn't give a fuck let's see uh wasn't there an original oh that was probably too late wasn't there an original song in sing two or no uh no they're all it's all i think there was but yeah they're almost all covers but um i i think there is an original one oh i think bono did have one uh trying to get back there i mean i did like the actual song from don't look up which i thought like should have probably been here um but uh, i don't i have no other opinions either either way all right the odds uh somehow you do from four good days by the legend Diane Warren, plus 3,300. Down to Joy from Belfast, plus 2,000. Be Alive from King Richard, plus 700. Uh, how, how do you say that, Mullet? Dos, Dos Orguitas. Orguitas. Uh, from Encanto, plus 240. And No Time to Die from No Time to Die, minus Tree Fitting. I, so I know one that was. Do, go ahead, Tony. Why do they even nominate Diane Warren? She's gonna they're she's gonna get last here. Like they they put her in the category here. No one saw the movie, right? No one nobody saw that we've established that the movie was unseen. No <laughs> one even heard of it. And it was like, oh, I didn't sound to it. it. No one heard of it. And she gets nominated and will finish fifth. And it's like, what are we fucking doing here? There were five better songs than this. Like why are we only allowed to put up one one song per film when 
Like, I know it's a stupid ass rule change. Like like a couple of songs at least. It's like you know, can we just do that so we don't get these dumb legacy picks without? Wait, no one saw the movie. This song has no resonance with anyone. Well, here's the other. Th- well, here's the other thing. So it was a big snub because she also beat out Jay Z for the harder they fall. Which is <laughs> like, if you're the Academy Awards trying to get viewers and you see the the <laughs> nominees come that in and Diane Ward's the there. That movie is so fucking cool. And it's all yeah, like it the, the music adds so much to it. And it's, it's so you good. You want to know what their I, thinking is behind that? <sighs> well, we already nominated Beyonce and she'll bring Jay-Z. The power of Diane Warren. I'm I'm flummoxed. I, I'm gobsmacked by this. Well, Diane get ready Warren. to be flummoxed. Get, get ready to be flummoxed next year. We talk about her again. She's nominated for some bullshit movie. Tony, we'll the more you got worked up over that, I hope you know the the more likely it is that Mullet's going to find you the vinyl to the soundtrack to that movie and give it to you. Shut the fuck I up. don't doubt it for a second. I. I, I I understand that I dig my own grave every day. Uh, <laughs> there is currently a motion picture soundtrack in vinyl for Tony underneath my bed. Uh, <laughs> that's all I will say. I just we that at we all times. Uh, forge our own chains, as they say. <laughs> uh, best original score, staying in the music world, Don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, and The Power of the Dog. Um couple surprises here i think there was a couple that uh i know french dispatch alexander desplat was another big uh snub i know johnny greenwood i think had two movies that were kind of there i think the other one was spencer if i'm not mistaken yeah um which i can say on the record now was the worst movie of all these uh oscar movies i saw this whole year (laughs) based on tony's face uh he either is agreeing with me or just doesn't even want to talk about it did not see the film (laughs) <laughs> that's also that jeans. was my walk away <laughs> rich, yeah rich literally texted i think the two of us tony oh, if i'm not mistaken yeah. it was just like at what yeah. point in this project do i just be like i can't <laughs> for lack of a better and, term. It, and it turns out it was 10 minutes in it was a great realization it's wow like, that quick yeah, that that fucking quick i just had you was... seen jackie no i had okay Okay. And I still sat through yeah. the whole goddamn thing, and my wife but, still. Yeah, because that's like me. the prior Pablo Lorraine sort of like right woman in distress film. Yeah. I is not great to watch. <laughs> no, my two takeaways, which contributed to me bailing on the movie, was one, boy, uh, Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana sure as hell looks a lot like Kate McKinnon. Oh god, it was so distracting. Absolutely. So distracting. And then the fucking score. This fucking yeah. jazz horror bullshit that uh I, it just was grating and it it was the final straw for me. If if I might have misspoke earlier when I said like no I didn't mean notable as like a positive. I meant right. like yeah. <laughs> like like People if it got nominated, it would have been the Bohemian Rhapsody for editing of scores. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think this is a two-horse race between Dune and Power of the Dog, mm-hmm. um, just based off of name recognition alone. Um, and apparently Hans Zimmer's only won, like, one of these, and they'll probably fix that, so. It was Glory, I think. Glory the Cat. 
Uh, Gloria's raw dog in it on this one. She uh, she likes that powerful dog. <laughs> I want you to do a Gene Shallot bit where Gloria does movie reviews with shitty puns in the title. <laughs> I think there's a feature in that. Oh, that's a fucking TikTok. Get Julia to set you up with that shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just get like fucking two good jokes in and out. Boom. Yeah. Once a week. Yeah. (laughs) Um, all that said, Hans Bubby. Bubby. I'm your white knight. Hans Zimmer. I mean, the fuck this isn't even a this isn't even a fucking uh field right here. Get the fuck out of here. Like some some years that get just absolutely stacked. You like fucking Mm -hmm. John Williams and fucking you know, who, is Howard Shore still alive? Howard Shore in the mix. Well, fucking, now you got like modern ones like Ludwig Göransson. Yeah. Fucking yeah. And uh, but yeah, no, I mean this is fucking Hans. That's all yeah, you got. Hans. Uh, Hans. Odds parallel mothers plus thirty three hundred. Don't look up plus thirty three hundred. Encanto plus eleven hundred. The power of the dog plus four hundred. And Dune minus six fifty. Yep. 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 Uh, I will just read the uh, the nominees for the animated short, live action short, and documentary short, which we have no uh, no background to whatsoever. And we can just pick a pick a winner based on name alone. Uh, best animated short film: Affairs of the Art, Beast, uh, Bestia, Box Ballet, Robin Robin, and The Windshield Wiper. I like to think The Windshield Wiper is literally just a really really artsy animated short movie about a windshield wiper's life. So I'm gonna go with that. Uh, I'm going to go with Bestia because you initially pronounced it Bestia. <laughs> I misplay. Shut up. <laughs> What's Gloria going with? She's definitely not going with Bestia. <laughs> <laughs> you would think a cat would go with Robin Robin. Yeah. Uh, she definitely does spend a lot of her day looking at birds. So, yeah, she's going go. with Robin Robin. Uh, or, or the windshield wiper. Uh because in my mind and this will never change because i'll never see it uh box ballet is about a uh a ballet in the inner inner city that does their dancing to beatboxes um uh so that's what i'm gonna go with uh odds fairs of the art plus 1600 box ballet 700 windshield wiper plus 500 bestia plus 275 and robin robin minus 165 there we go best live action yeah you got it gloria uh, to the win to the pay window for Gloria. Best live action short film. Oh fuck, here we go. Alec Alakachu, Take and Run, The Dress, The Long Goodbye, On My Mind, and Please Hold. I will obviously go with the long goodbye because Riz Ahmed is part of it, which means that's all people will see and that's all they will vote for. Molly, can I ask you to uh tell me the name of uh the filmmakers for the dress? <laughs> you can read me those names. Damn it. <laughs> You sons of bitches. Dirty guys. Uh, Lisiak. Oh, man. You're not supposed to have a J at the end of your name. What the fuck is this? Oh, hey, Bill. How was that speed bump? Tadoozy. Tadoozy Lisiak. And Matt Mashi Sliziski. I couldn't tell if that was an L or an I at first. Very good. Thank you for clarifying the presentation of those names. Yeah, you two don't get the fucking pick now. What are the odds? <laughs> Please hold plus 1600. The dress plus 1200. Who's that direct by again? 
doozy loozy to doozy loozyac is ridiculous. Plus eight hundred. I'll catch you take and run plus three hundred and the long goodbye plus two fifty. Me guess you're not gonna make me say Ben Proudfoot and Jay Rosenblatt for best documentary short subject. I don't like the way you said Rosenblatt. <laughs> Jay Rosenblatt. Uh, your nominees are Audible, which is about the history of Audible. <laughs> uh, Lead Me Home, The Queen of Basketball, Three Songs for Benazir, and When We Were Bullies, which is, I think, about somebody beating up Muhammad Ali. Um, I'll go with uh, When We Were Bullies uh, for the block. Uh, secretly, every best documentary short or animated short feature a winner of the past 15 years has been about basketball. So, Queen of Basketball. <laughs> oh, shit. Well. No, I'm just fucking kidding. <laughs> Tony. I'm, I'm going to choose uh, three songs for Benazir because it sounds like an anthology film, even though it's a short subject documentary. <laughs> That'd be a great idea if you just kept making sequels to your, <laughs> your live action and animated shorts every year. Three more songs for Benazir. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's rich. When We Were Bullies, plus 3,300. Lead Me Home, plus 2,000. Audible, plus 600. Three Songs for Benazir, plus hey. 150. And The Queen of Basketball, one, minus 155. Sweet. I'm going to throw some money on that for no reason at all. Tight one, yeah, tight one. Uh, best Documentary Feature, Ascension, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, and Writing with Fire. Uh, who's seen what here? I have seen one of these movies. I have also seen Summer of Soul. Yeah, <laughs> I, I left I it open because I meaning to see Summer of Soul. Yeah, I left it open because it's. I, I felt that possibly you would have caught Flea, Tony, because it seemed like something that would be up your alley. I've I've been wanting to see Attica. I heard lots of uh, stuff surrounding it but I mm -hmm. have not had a chance to see it yet. I think it was on Showtime or something that was paywalled to me. Yeah, okay. I listened to an hour-long interview with the director of Attica, so I'm going to go with that. <laughs> what did you think of Summer of Soul, Tony? Quickly, I, I, I enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it a lot. I thought it included some of the most like actually moving film moments of the year for me. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was a, a tremendous film. I really enjoyed watching it. And if anyone listening has not watched it, get on Hulu and just watch it. It's awesome. The music just kicks ass. And, and Disney Plus. It's on multiple platforms in case you don't have one or the other. Okay, great. Yeah, that's yeah. where I watched it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I believe it is the front runner. And it would be cool to have Academy Award winner Questlove. That's just fucking cool. Like, just he did a hey. fantastic job too. It's not like it yeah. would just be name recognition. It was like, no, that was a fantastic movie. Like, that, folks wasn't there like top. unearthed footage, like never before seen? Like people thought, like all of it is basically. Yeah. <laughs> like they get into it gone. the last. Yeah, they get into the last like ten minutes of the movie about like why it's taken this long to like get any of this footage out in the world. Yeah. Um, spectacular footage though and what an event to have actually occurred so yeah plus plus it it has classic interview style documentary stuff to it it's not just you know archival footage so it's it's got the best of both worlds and it it's it does the job of a documentary and i believe there it is are a moments, though, there are definitely moments though where i'm like man could we you know like i love the talking heads but you know could we get just like 10 more seconds of like B.B. King playing Why I Sang the Blues. Like, yeah. you know, could we just get like another 10 seconds of that, please? 
Absolutely. Anyway, sorry, Rich. The odds. Writing with Fire plus 3,300. Ascension plus 2,500. Attica plus 1,000. Flea plus 230. And Summer of Soul minus 300. Flea doing the rare uh, triple dip nominated for, nominated for best doc feature, best international feature, and best animated feature, which is just a cool, like, that's, that's just impressive. Yeah, it's good, good for them, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm just impressed. Uh, leads, lead us right into Best International Feature Film, uh, Drive My Car, Japan, Flea, Denmark, The Hand of God, Italy, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom, Bhutan, and uh, The Worst Person in the World, Norway. And Tony, no, I won't. <laughs> Before you even ask, <laughs> I abstain courteously. <laughs> okay. Uh, I understand. Thanks, uh, and that, that's for any of them. That, that wasn't for one in particular. <laughs> that was for most. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask you to pronounce anyone's name. It was Thanks, a blanket. Man. No, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's rare that I've seen more than one of these. This is normally Tony's corner. I'll still let Tony uh, take it away, but I, I, I have some I, opinions I, here. I should sit in the back seat on this one. I I have not uh, I have not had anyone drive my car all the way to the destination yet. I'm only a third of the way through the film. Oh, that um, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, there were just a lot of really uh, intense and non-erotic sex scenes in the first half hour for my sensibilities, and uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, call me old-fashioned. It's not like I was clutching my pearls. It was just kind of a lot. Um, I feel like I should have seen it in the theater, but I was trying to watch it on my laptop and that's the wrong way to do it. So I got to spend some more time. I did see the worst person in the world and I thought it was, uh, like as a film, I thought it was not anything terribly extraordinary, but I think mm -hmm. maybe as a screenplay is where it, where it comes most is just like, the things that it discusses and the way that it discusses them, I, I felt like is very particular to uh, like our generation, frankly, and maybe like, you know, like a three to five year <laughs> generation of people who are in their early thirties right now. And I, I, I found it very kind of authentic to that. Um, you know, Ryan was was really good in the lead role. You know, beyond that, nothing extraordinary. Um, but you know, certainly a movie I would recommend that people see. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. It's uh, isn't it streaming? Well, you no, it, it, it is available for rent. So I rented it. I, I realized how close I was to achieving my goal of the top eight besides Parallel Mothers. I'm like, ah, let me knock out worst person in the world uh, when I was slow at work, working from home one day. So I did. And uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I liked it more than Drive My Car. Um, Drive My Car is very, very good. It is very, very long. Uh, it has it peaks it's a little heavy, too, man. It's heavy. It peaks a little too early as well, which is kind of crazy to me. I, the last thirty to forty minutes, I really struggled with because I'd already been through two hours and twenty minutes of it, and it just didn't hit like the emotional resonance of it. Just didn't get me there because it wasn't really what I was invested in throughout the film um even though it did have to me one of the most butthole clenching scenes of just two dudes talking in a car of my entire life um which raised its stake for me have uh significantly but um 
but worst person in the world, yeah. Like Tony said, it is not anything unique in its story, but I think that on top of some unique storytelling, uh, this phrase I'm looking for, elements uh, or storytelling uh, chances that it takes, I think it, it excels. So yeah, I, I highly recommended it. Rich, you saw Drive My Car, I believe you told me, correct? Uncle Vanya, huh? <laughs> that's, a, that's either a yes or you quickly Google it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I watched the movie and that was yeah. my biggest take. No, it was not my biggest takeaway. But um, yeah, it was just it was very kind of like middle of the pack for me. Um, but that's the only international film that I saw. Um, please just yeah, please on Hulu. I I should have watched that by now. And I hear great things about worst person in the world. But Charlie and I haven't gotten a chance to go see it yet. Uh, and Tony, this is where I will point out uh, one of the most iconic buttholes ever uh, for the um, what's the animated cat in the movie? Is it the yak in the classroom with the butthole? No, <laughs> no, no. The worst person in the world. Uh, her boy, her boyfriend. The graphic novel that he has that they're yeah. making into an oh, animated yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 yes, 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 yes. yeah. So he can. Got the whole speech about the buttholes, yeah. Yes, and there's a line in the movie where someone says, "Yeah, it's one of the most iconic buttholes ever." And I go, "That's just the line of the year for me." <laughs> so that's what, was, that's what I was referring to earlier. Um, uh, odds, which is I hate when this happens when the odds are obvious because one of these movies is nominated for best fucking picture. Yeah, yeah. Drive my car like minus eight hundred, Rich. Minus twelve hundred. <laughs> Keep going. Minus twenty five hundred. Keep going. Wow, really? 4,000. Minus 5,000. Wow. Yeah. uh, Lunana, uh, a yak in the classroom, plus 5,000. Long shot. Yeah. Uh, Fleas, plus 700. Worst person in the world's plus 1,200. And Hand of God's 33. Worst person in the world, plus 1,200. I mean, if you really wanted to throw 100 bucks away, like, why the fuck not? Like, stranger things have happened. It's not like you got, it does also have a screenplay nomination, which mm-hmm. could benefit it. But uh, but we're not a, a gambling podcast for good reason, so don't fucking listen to me. Um, best animated feature film nominees are Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, I'll let you gentlemen start because I have a child, which means I've seen four of the five of these. Which means you're the final word on this. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Ride the Last Dragon. Uh, as mentioned, I hadn't seen Flea. Uh, but the rest I have uh, seen. Tony, where are you at? Just Encanto. Just Encanto. Um, I, I think it. that's, it's liked it. Definitely liked it a lot. Um, it's the front runner. Uh, it's, and it's the best of the three Disney movies that are on the board. But man, I love Lucas so much. I loved it so much. So nice. It's it, nice. it is very so middle pasta. of the Pixar pack. If this was an award was given to the movie with the most pasta in it, far and away. Rich, well, you'd somehow win that award. <laughs> Rich, a whole movie of yours would have won that award. Uh, not these days, brother. Well, I said um, a whole movie of you as a child. As a child. Okay, yeah. Uh, that said, as much as I love Luca, I realize that that's just that's just me. Like I was, yeah. I was so honestly surprised to see it nominated. Um, one that I would kind of like to see win over Encanto is Mitch, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Uh, oh baby, it's a yes, great yes, story. Yes. It's a unique look, and 
fuck, man. I can actually, it should be recent enough in my likes on Twitter for me to send it to you and you to include it in the description of the podcast. Mm -hmm. There uh, was a thread on Twitter by one of the animators on the Mitchells versus the Machines uh, who just like laid out all the different like fucking from big picture things to like minute details that Phil Lord and Chris Miller like gave them as notes and direction and and all this shit and like it's fucking wild just to see just like the smallest thing that's gonna make this so fucking different from everything else and uh yeah I also just kind of like it's kind of good to know that like the whole Lord Miller success hasn't been just like a fluke or that it just hasn't been a hot streak. Like they're actually absolutely very much paying attention Legit. to what they're doing. And it just makes me hate even more that they had the solo uh, star Wars movie fucking taken away from them. But that's well, neither also, here nor there. Yeah. And they also are able to recognize talent like Mike Rianda, who is very notable in that he did gravity falls, which is a, a big, Disney Channel animated show that has crossed over even with adults over the past five to ten years. And somebody will be doing these sort of movies and we'll be hearing his name kind of like a Pete Doctor or a uh, Andy Stanton for the next 10 or 15 years. Um, so my child has gone through massive phases of all four of these movies. Uh, it started with Raya back in uh, March or April, and I'm glad that didn't last as long as the other three because it's just not it's just not entertaining for me. It's it's fine. Uh, it's definitely my least favorite of the four. Um, Luca, again, this is a perfectly fine. Disney animation has kind of eaten Pixar's lunch to me as of late. Uh, you know, honestly, um, we was, just watched Turning Red uh, as well, which I, again, did like, but was not top tier Pixar for me, even though Samantha was a, a, a balling baby. Do you agree, Rich? I, I liked it a whole lot. Uh, Charlie was the exact same way. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Something about it just felt very, not hollow, but it's very, very off base to me. And not in any way that anybody's talking about the movie being fucking off base um, in, in, in the world. Uh, but it yeah, just didn't just didn't catch me. Um, the, the laugh we shared when they outwardly stated that they're in Toronto uh, was yeah. pretty great. Uh, and then also just like, Fucking all the all the points in the world for at the end uh, for Sandra O oh just nailing it saying sorry. I was like, <laughs> oh, no. fucking stuck the landing. I mean, she yeah, should know she is Canadian, but still, like, yeah, it had to be in there. It um, it also for me was a letdown just because Bao, which Domi she that was her short film before I forget which movie it was is maybe my favorite Pixar short. Um, that was really so, good. Yeah, so I, I had a high expectation, I think, for it as well. Um, Encanto's great. Uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines is probably in my top five animated movies of all time. Uh, it is absolutely fantastic. I am a big old bitch when it comes to this movie because it is very much a girl dad movie. Um, and I cry every single time I watch it. Uh, and I was very validated by how positively it was received and how much people are fighting for it to win not over Encanto, but just like, man, can we give it to both? Like a tie would be great just because it is so unique and fun and heartwarming and funny. I can't recommend it enough. It's um, anybody. If you don't like the Mitchell vs. Machines, there is something wrong with you. You immediately are laughing when the first five minutes. Uh, the <clears throat> that thread that I was talking about was actually by Mike Brianda. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. 
I, I just I put that in uh, the chat on Zoom, and then I also put a thread of um, Madman picks. Yeah, Madman <laughs> picks. Just laughing at that. That nice. one is so good. I clicked that Drive first, and I'll be with Sally with the wisdom. I'll be uh, I'll be going through this before I go to sleep. Uh, what are us? <laughs> the one of Belfast? <laughs> Just Don and Bobby in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's so good. <laughs> Fuck, that's so good. Um, what it's are the odds? Uh, Ryan, the Last oh. Dragon plus thirty three hundred. Luca plus two thousand. <clears throat> uh, Flea plus twelve hundred. The Mitchells versus the Machines plus five hundred. And Encanto minus eight hundred. Tony, which one? <laughs> Let's say what I just saw. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I I I just scrolled down to where they did the Nightmare Alley one on the map. Yeah, that's the one I just time. saw too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go. Uh, uh, sorry, which one's the favorite here? Encanto. Encanto. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. Just because it's the only one I've seen. Uh, I probably would like to see Mr. the Machine, though. That sounds. Good. I think you really. Yeah, I think you really dig it. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm for that stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, the big eight. Best adapted screenplay. Nominees, Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. Finally getting to two of these movies, because uh, they're not uh, recognized anywhere else. Uh, Lost Daughter and Coda, which I do believe are two of the front runners. Um, what's everyone feeling here? I don't know. Where are you at on Maggie Gyllenhaal? I'm four. <laughs> really toothpicks. <laughs> um, I had a lot of problems with The Last Daughter, but I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, for because I'm a man, <laughs> so it didn't rip me to my fucking core. You uh, you want to know what my takeaway from The Lost Daughter was? What? Don't fucking talk to strangers. <laughs> Just don't do it. Just to walk away. On vacation? You want to talk to strangers on vacation? I'm by myself, you sicko. It's probably for I, a reason. I'm just very glad that Ed Harris is still alive. I could have swore we lost him two or three years ago. I, <laughs> so I was listening to an interview with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, it was specifically a screenplay podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. So it was all about like writing it. And they were talking about um, Ed Harris and Ed Harris got cast back when the film was set in Maine. And then for like probably some weird tax shit, they moved it to Greece mm -hmm. and had to keep Ed Harris in it. That's great. And so they just came Greece. up with like a line and a half of like why he's there in Greece. Because he's just talking as Ed Harris. <laughs> It's it was grizzled American, yeah. It was pretty pretty <laughs> great. Um, also, that's the uh, most recent Ed Harris performance I've seen. The most recent uh, before that was Geostorm. Jesus, it's on oh, Peacock. Yeah. It's insane. I've seen that. I've seen that. You've seen Geostorm. We haven't seen an MCU movie since Iron Man Two. <laughs> you animal. <laughs> It didn't cost me anything extra to see that, so <laughs> I watched it. <laughs> oh my god, you're the bad guy Fair. here. 
<laughs> You're the bad guy. <laughs> I chose evil, Rich. I didn't you see the Avengers. You I chose Storm. violence. You are you are probably one of three people on the planet that can say that. Endgame. Endgame. Guardians of the Galaxy. If this Geostorm happens, that's the real endgame. Jesus. I love you, Tony. I love you so much. Never change. Never change. Never. <laughs> Same time, never change. Uh, we'll, we'll never see Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll never see the Avengers. That <laughs> was that was you. You would like Guardians of the Galaxy. You would like Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel that like. was the one movie that I thought I could have said to have gotten no reaction, to have gotten a reaction in such an opposite direction. <clears throat> like I thought, Mullet would at least have a little bit of recognition, but I thought it would just be like a blank, mm-hmm. just a blank stare by you, Tony. Oh, I'm seeing Geostorm. No, I, I've, I, I can't tell you how many times I have just like background watched movies like the day after tomorrow. I was gonna say you do kind of have a bit of a pension for disaster movies because I remember I when yeah. San Andreas came out. Like all Julia wanted to talk about was mm-hmm. how you guys went and saw just San Andreas. And I have background watched that movie like a hundred times as well. Okay, <laughs> everybody's so, everybody's got their 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 trash genre. Like this, and yes, that's Tony's. This is, this is your MCU. We, it, yeah. it all honestly, it all makes sense now. It does. I, look, I'm not claiming I'm above anything. I'm just saying I spend my time differently. Not <laughs> not any better. Just just different. Now that's it. There are less. <laughs> So much more pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody. It just I spend my time much better than everybody else. I the definition is day after tomorrow. Like I'm, I'm not claiming I'm like sitting here watching like Godard retrospectives. You can't. I'm like, no, I'm, you can't, I'm, I'm a different kind of trash animal. <laughs> you can't look down your nose at someone if they're at eye level. Now that yep. said, there are levels to this shit, depending on how many trash genres and franchises you attach yourself to and in my case it is plenty oh yeah <laughs> so i'm upskirting your ass right now uh what are we on uh best adapted screenplay so we already talked about the lost uh so we, we've been kind of skirting around a couple of these here well we just talked about the lost daughter kind of we all enjoyed it but you know and i, I would be ultimately fine if it won um just so maggie jill could be recognized for something besides possibly owning a scarf um, Rachel! Ta- yeah, uh, it's a Taylor Swift joke for nobody that gives a shit. Um, Fuck you. And then Fuck thanks, Samantha. Yeah, and then uh, Coda, which uh, I will go ahead and say right now was my favorite movie of the year. Mm. And Rich is nodding and agreeing with me, which makes me very happy. Brother, I, I don't know that I could say it's my favorite movie of the year, but I watched it just last night, and mm-hmm. I was a god damn mess (laughs) i was pretty weepy by the end of it as well like the exact opposite of turning red with me and charlie where like Mm -hmm. charlie was a was a puddle of herself by the end of turning red and i was just kind of like all right oh man i got you like exact opposite i was oh my god and and she was like okay but holy fucking shit i was not expecting that i was not expecting to connect with a movie that is largely in ASL, the way that I, in the ways that I did connect with it, it cut Absolutely. me deep. 
It did the same. Uh, Tony's been cleaning his glasses this whole time, so let's see if he feels the same. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I have not seen Coda yet, so that's, oh, okay, uh, that's a blind spot for me. Um, I was waiting for you to, I'm waiting for you to drop a big old like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad it wasn't that. Let's <laughs> do this. Yeah, <laughs> the the Jericho fan motion. Now, um, in terms of screenplay. Um, I will say Power of the Dog, I thought was really elegantly landed and required like a really deft touch in the screenplay for it not to just like smack you over the head with a mallet. And I thought it did a really nice job with that. That said, I, you know, I haven't seen Lost Daughter. I haven't seen all of Drive My Car and I haven't seen Coda. So my yeah. opinion doesn't really matter for I, this category. So as much as I as we just gushed over coda and i can keep going on and on if and when you want to um but again i don't know much about dune or the history of dune or anything but like isn't it like one of the wasn't it like most one of the most like unadaptable like books that there were and like there's a reason why like the lynch version was like a a disaster disaster. yeah and like they did it have you guys seen that they fucking Have you guys never, seen I, that movie? I've been seen, I own it. I've not seen it. But I've been told by people to like it's no 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 no. Do not watch it. But I want to. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Should I, I listen I, to people? What so I, I, I so I watched the David Lynch Dune. And then the the following night I watched the new Dune. Mm-hmm. New Dune. New Dune. New Dune. Twilight <laughs> that, New Dune. Oh god damn. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I had to jump in. Um, and, and I'm not saying I prefer the David Lynch Dune, but like it's definitely got an idea. Like it, it definitely is like. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like there's no way this is boring, right? No, it's totally fucking crazy. Okay, like good. Like it has the same plot. It has the same scenes. They're just like on ketamine. They just had David Lynch, David Lynch acting them out behind the camera yeah. to the actors. It's, I, I mean, it's outrageous. You absolutely should watch it. Yeah. Okay. You absolutely should. Yeah. Uh, so, like, based on that, I mean, I feel like it's a fucking done. Well, I mean, <laughs> retroactively give it the Geostorm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I will, I will wait to counterpoint the power of the dog point tony because i felt the exact opposite of of what you said in terms of i felt like you did not enjoy the film i hated it i absolutely hated it oh my yeah yeah i absolutely hated it because i felt like it was subtle to the point of of hitting like nothing is that subtle to not hit you over the head with what's happening which is how i felt the entire time that's honestly a great way to describe it that i've been looking for this entire the way i've been putting it is it's in the genre that I put like Phantom Thread in, where it's you wait a whole two and a half hours before you find out oh, you're just a little freak, aren't you? This is a little freak. <laughs> Isn't that what you are? Okay, then. End of the movie now, you little freak. I've not seen Phantom Thread, and I'm gonna watch it tomorrow based off of that. <laughs> oh my god! That's the thing you Oh, then now I feel really bad because that's. Oh no, I can't. Well, no, don't feel bad. It's gonna be a great experience. Actually, no. Me. Yeah, but... that joke should fucking land again. I'm gonna get joke yeah. residuals off of that shit when you watch it again. 
Rich, that's a fantastic joke. And mullet, <laughs> I think that's a, I think that's a really cogent observation about it. Is that like, if there's nothing happening except one thing, how can you say it's subtle? There's nothing fucking happening except that. Yeah. And I guess I understand that that critique of it, except to say that like, I don't know. Like, I mean. Spoiler alert for the ending of The Power of the Dog. If you haven't seen The Power of the Dog, skip forward 15 seconds. But, uh, like, the way the murder is, is is executed, I thought, like, I didn't see it coming too far away. Like, like while it was happening, I understood what was happening. Um, but I understand, like, in the book that it's even more, like, overtly kind of, like, like beating over the head with it. So mm-hmm. and, and apparently there's, like, shit in the book that, like, Phil does earlier. Cumberbatch's character that like make you fucking hate him. It just it's not even like a, a split thing or whatever. You're just like yeah. Skip forward guy. another fifteen seconds. Apparently in the book, uh, Phil is responsible for the death of Peter's father. Not even that. Okay, he, uh, that makes sense. Right? He like yeah, drives him to suicide. He yeah. bullies him to suicide. Yeah, oh. drives him to suicide, and which then I, he tries to drive his mom to suicide. <laughs> yeah, which I would almost rather be just in the movie, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes the subtext uh, should be text. Exactly, and then also because there's there's so much that's not subtext to anything that's just way too long and drawn out and sprawling that I'm just like, I I just I could not get into it. Despite the despite a couple of positives, I will give it later on. Like awards, it's going to win. I'm ultimately fine with. It's another. I'm not a big Western guy in the first place. And then you shouldn't be. That's another thing with my same Elliot. Um, but it, yeah, it's just not a movie for me. And I, I don't see how anyone can like connect to it or resonate with it uh, at the level that they are, which largely people are not. I, I do believe it has the lowest Metacritic and lowest IMDb score of a best picture nominee or best picture front runner as it stands right now mm. of anybody in the past. I don't know how long. Um, I know its audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is also very low. Um, so it's it's a like a film person movie, and I've been running kind of hot and cold with those. Uh, so that's that would be my my sense. Uh, Rich, what do the odds say? Because I don't know for this one actually. I believe there are three strong candidates here. Uh, so our odds, uh, despite my flawless logic dune is at 3300 plus 3300 right. drive my car plus 1400 the lost daughter plus 1200 and then it really becomes a, a two-horse race uh, yeah. with power of the dog at plus 140 and coda at minus 165. coda's had a massive surge the past yep. couple of weeks picking up all the guild wins um so we'll we'll, we'll see where that shakes out finally for best picture here in a moment Best original screenplay, your nominees are where all the names are. Uh, <laughs> all the big old names. Uh, Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World, which I was happy to see here. All right. Uh, Sorry. Before we get any further, yeah. question. Mm-hmm. And I guess we can go back quite a while for this, too. Shouldn't Belfast and King Richard be in Best Adapted Screenplay? Just adapting people's lives. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it's their original story to tell. Yeah, but they, they, that's they, they didn't write the screenplay. You know, well, this I, is this is 
You think, uh, uh, well, actually, okay, so uh, uh, fucking what's his face did? It's about his life. But um, <laughs> I just, yeah. so, all right, whatever. You know what? I'll shut the fuck up. It's not best Ooh, ghost written movie, right. Rich. <laughs> that is an interesting thing Ooh, for like biopics. Yeah. It's like, like biopics. Well, you adapted this person's life to, to screen. I guess it has to strictly be adapted like from page I know, to screen. from another, I know. I'm just being it. I'm just, so like if I write I'm a just, diary and they make a movie about it and it never gets published, does that count? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> How does like that if, work? Well, so, okay. The Diary of Anne Frank. I just didn't want to reference that too expensively. Fuck I don't it. know. <laughs> well, I don't know. Was it ever made to an Oscar nominated movie? I don't know. It, yeah, I, I, was only, it was. I was only in the play. I don't know. Look it up. Uh, 1959 film. Uh, directed by George Steyer, whatever. Uh, music by Alfred Newman. Razzie nominated. <laughs> Alfred E. Newman. Uh, Academy Award for Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Okay. Uh, does it have anything about about nominee uh, screenplay in there? I'm trying to find it now. I hope this overtakes your life. <laughs> it takes this is so much research for you. While you're while you're looking it up, Tony, I will start the original screenplay discussion. Uh, Tony, what you feeling here? Uh, I think that the worst person in the world had the best of the four screenplays that I've seen here. I've not seen Belfast. Um, Don't Look Up uh, is just straight bad. King Richard is formulaic. This is a 90s movie. Uh, It's a good 90s movie. Um, So if you're in the mood for that kind of thing, you should see it. Uh, Licorice Pizza was just the kind of thing for the real heads. Uh, definitely not for a general audience. <laughs> no. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it, but, you know, uh, it's skippable. And I think a lot of people chose to skip it. <laughs> a lot of people did. Uh, my my viewing experience that was very unique. It was myself, two other solo white men around my age, just going to see a PTA movie by themselves because they needed to. And two old couples that kept getting up and going to the bathroom and getting snacks. <laughs> so it was very much an interesting experience. Uh, it's my second favorite movie of the year. I, I also did Love Licorice Pizza. And I hadn't thought about it a lot since then. Um, and I was trying to think, like, hmm, we talk about Licorice Pizza. What am I going to talk about I liked? And I couldn't really remember. So I, do, I, I have to rewatch it to see if it's going to hold up. But I remember my initial feeling was like, wow, that was great. And I was... You know all the, the the music and the pretty colors and the the flashy performances and then i guess when i kind of sit and dwelled on it, i was just like what was it about that movie <laughs> that i really yeah. enjoyed yeah it's a movie that like you're describing it's very hard to kind of get your hands around exactly what is special and winning about it but like outside of just resorting to saying like it's a vibes movie yeah um which it sort of is, but like that's we we have names for the vibes, and they're called like cinematography and production design and direction. Yeah. Like there's a name for vibes in cinema. Like we try to be more specific than that on the show. Um, so yeah, like I mean the performances are incredible. I mean the Bradley Cooper as John Peters is just Bradley Cooper as John Peters like is maybe the best five minute performance in a movie I've ever fucking seen. I've I've rarely enjoyed a performance half as much as I enjoyed that. But like Cooper Hoffman was also just like so good. 
I mean, I think that what what really just works so well is how like Cooper Hoffman and Alana Heim are just like not looking great a lot of the time. They just have like like oily real skin people. and just yeah, just like looking like people look. And it's like that's actually really charming for me. And uh, I think it, it it's kind of off putting because it doesn't look like a movie. It looks like a weird like a home movie almost. Yeah, but then I, like it, like like Sean Penn shows up. Like, wait, what? God, that Sean Penn stretch is so hard to get through. It's the exact opposite of the Bradley Cooper section. Um, also, because you have Tom Waits, Tom Waits chewing rocks throughout it. Um, it's it's a movie that like as soon as I finished watching it, I I had multiple interpretations of it of what it meant um, and what he was getting at. But I also, and of course, there were also multiple totally questionable things that happened throughout the movie that everyone was talking about in the shadows of it, whether it be the offensive John Michael Higgins stuff or the possible, you know, like, you know, age not, thing, age, age implications of it all. Rape. Yeah, yeah, uh, I just didn't want to say that on I'm high. medium. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, wait, like but, then I, wait, but okay, spoilers. Skip ahead 15 seconds if you haven't yeah. seen it. Oh. They don't have sex though, right? In the movie? Uh, no, they do not. So what's the deal? There's just two people hanging out and uh, well, they get kind of close, but nothing ever happens. Yeah. They, so I, from what I've gathered from interviews and some people's interpretation as well is that it's also a very pointed point of the movie and also potentially one of the many meanings behind it is like the way things were and how this has always been a kind of a prevalent thing, especially in the middle of what Hollywood and the world is now. Um, I, I don't necessarily think I got that take from me watching it, but a lot of people have been talking about that. Um, I had no problems yeah. with that because I've been watching movies like that for fucking 30 years. So like yeah, I'm kind of like, I guess I don't see the objection that like every individual piece of art is about all of society all at once. Uh, I yeah, think that's pretty. Uh, I think that's that's pretty facile. Which <laughs> yeah, if we're gonna, should should not be taken seriously. Sure, and if we're gonna if we're gonna like a, yeah, like, if we're gonna drape and place things in certain time periods or in certain you know cultures and certain demographics, like you're gonna have to unfortunately go through some fucking muck. As long as you're not glorifying it, I think you're all right. Um, which I think this movie ultimately avoids. Uh, yeah. So that, that 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 would be my vote, just in terms of like talking about original screenplays. It would be that or worst person in the world, just in terms of originality. Because, like you said, the other three are either underwhelming or very formulaic and and standard. So, Rich, what's our Anne Frank answer? This motherfucker is <laughs> the Diary of Anne Frank. Did they even make that into a movie? It was nominated. For one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Academy Awards. Okay. Won three of them. It won uh, Best Cinematography, Black and White. Best Art Direction, Black and White. Uh, and then it was nominated for Best Motion Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor. You want to know who was nominated for Best Supporting Actor? Uh, probably one of the Fondas. Uh, well, Best Supporting Actress was Shelley Winters. Best Supporting oh. Actor, Ed Wynn. Hmm. You know, Ed Wynn. <laughs> yes, that Ed Wynn. 
<laughs> the worst. <laughs> he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I didn't know that. Give me the fucking screenplay answer, you monster. They weren't nominated for a screenplay. God damn it. <laughs> also, you're the first person ever for me to be like, uh, tell us about the Anne Frank thing, Rich. And you start with this motherfucker. <laughs> um, that's also mostly because I've seen one of these movies. Um, but that said, man, PTA just kind of feels like he's in that Tarantino zone. It. Uh, hmm. Of like, we'll we'll give you a screenplay, we'll give you an original screenplay, buddy, all all day, but we're not gonna give you one of these big guys over well, here. Don't say that he hasn't won anything yet. No, I <laughs> know. But yeah. I'm saying it looks it just looks like it feels like that's kind of what he's sort of oh, stepping gotcha. into, um, which is which sucks because he's one of my favorite filmmakers, and I I I've been trying to get to the theater to see his fucking movie, and it's it's hard, man. I think I tell I you, believe, I ain't even got yeah. a kid. I do believe it is now available for rent. So if you do have something and you yeah. want to plop, if you're willing to go spend a movie ticket on it, I know you want to, it is a go to the movie and yeah, experience it movie. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, it, it, it'll actually save you a few bucks if you just watch it from home at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, odds. Um, worst person in the world, plus 2,000. King Richard, plus 2,000. Don't look up, plus 500, which is scary to me. Uh, Belfast plus one thirty, licorice pizza plus one hundred. Okay, so it's it's tight, it's close. Yeah, it's uh, if King Richard wins this award, let alone the fact that it's winning an award later on. God, I just did not care for that movie at all whatsoever. Uh, Tony put it the best. It is a formulaic nineties movie. Uh, if it came out in nineteen ninety eight, it would have made like one hundred ninety million dollars, and everyone would have been talking about it. Uh, my favorite part of the movie was John Barenthal, which is probably not a great take for King Richard. Oh, John uh, Barenthal is so good in this movie. He's coach. fucking fantastic. Oh my god, he's great in everything though. You can't that he's great in everything. Y'all see the trailer for We Own the Streets? I have Are not, you doing no. a Barenthal right now? No, Are he does a good Barenthal. He's doing a good Barenthal. No, no, but... Shane from Walking Dead. <laughs> he's right back into it, Rick. Um, but yeah, fucking, uh, we own the streets. Uh, is the fucking David Simon show, so you're gonna get burnt all as a dirty cop in Baltimore. Uh, fucking someone posted the uh clip from Wolf of Wall Street earlier today where they're all at the diner and and he's just fucking with an empty ketchup bottle. <laughs> ketchup is so good. That's not even my favorite part of it. The movie of his, uh, it was just on TV the other day when like they, you first meet him and he's working out and he goes, Hey, uh, bring your sister around so she can see him. So she can see him. And she's like talking about his muscles. He's just a maniac. I love it. Uh, well, fuck it. Let's just jump right there. Uh, I was going to do supporting actors first, but, uh, we'll do supporting actor now. So, cause for the top six categories, I have like my own personal five to cover like who the snubs are. Uh, your nominees here were uh, Syrian Hines, Belfast, Troy Kotzer, Coda, Jesse Plemons, The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons, Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee, The Power of the Dog. All right. We're talking, god damn it, we're talking about Being the Ricardos, motherfuckers. <laughs> Rich has stood up. He has broken a window. Go off. He's about to... He's about to talk about my second least favorite movie of the year, oh my Being god. the Ricardos. I thought I told y'all not to do this. This... I had to. We got nominated for things. I had to. This piece of shit film was such a waste of everyone's time. 
I, you know, I, I, I fucking, you know, I, I'm, I'm an uh, apologetic Sorkin guy. I even last year, y'all, everyone, everyone was piling on trial of Chicago seven. I didn't mind it. I enjoyed some parts. This is the most I've ever liked that he redmained in a thing. <laughs> and that's saying something, but now Jesus Christ, man, what a, what an absolute, like, all I can say is I'm glad that all the behind the scenes people got paid for a job. And, and, and you know what? J.K. Simmons is nominated here. He I plays the fella my... yeah. that played uh, uh, what's his fuck from the from the show? Uh, uh, not Fred. Uh, Fred. We can forever say multi-time Academy Award nominee J.K. Simmons because of yes. this movie. Yes. And I, I, I can live with that because the of The highlight the apex of this movie is seven minutes in when J.K. Simmons, with well, this is his best line in the damn movie, and he's phoning it in because this is base level J.K. Simmons, threatens to punch a potential seven-year-old communist in the head. Mm-hmm. And it's we'll punch great. that seven-year-old and communist in the head. And it's all downhill from there. And not just a slow rolling downhill. It is a precipitous drop down the fucking hill this motherfucker aaron sorkin i called him like everyone's gateway to being a liberal or progressive or whatever the fuck earlier and i don't know because i know it's based on true events i don't know if this actually happened or not but the fucking way this movie wraps up whether or not lucy's a goddamn (laughs) communist is j edgar hoover calls in before they record an episode and is over the the intercom while the audience who's there but is nervous that lucy might be a commie assures them and tells them that lucille ball has never been a member of the communist party j edgar hoover is the hero of aaron sorkin's being the ricardos that was built up so much to me that i was like i as the end of the movie was approaching, I was like, what the fuck could it be? Like, there's nothing that can be any worse than what I've already fucking sat through. <laughs> and then it happened. I was like, oh, my God. I think I think I heard Samantha make a little like a, a very subtle but loud enough. Ugh. <laughs> like, I, the seat next to me. I watched this movie before I tried to watch Spencer because I hadn't had my walk away epiphany yet. I stayed. I stayed throughout the whole fucking thing. And there's not a single redeeming quality but that one line. That one line. Wonderful cast. That movie can go eat its own ass to affinity. Yes. Rich, the only thing I have to say is are you now done with Aaron Sorkin directed films? Directed films? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so... Thank you. I think well, we I are all learning seen, a lot this seen, year. I haven't seen Molly's Game yet. So can, well, can, I, I, can I still watch Molly's Game? Well, right. You can always go backward. It's like okay. now, like, you know, you can't watch new Francis McDormand performances because they're all tainted by all the Oscariness. But, like, you can go back mm-hmm. and watch Blood Simple if you haven't seen it. Sure. It's incredible. I watched Fargo like, yesterday. It was amazing. Yeah, she's awesome. It's, it's not all tainted by the Oscariness. Like, yeah, you should go backward. But it's like... I think we're all learning a lot recently about just like, you know, cut your losses on these people. Like after, after trial of Chicago seven, 
Yeah. I think when I think when you told me you were going to watch being the Ricardos, I said, fuck out of here. Ain't no way I'm watching that shit. <laughs> I so I've committed to this for now basically three years in a row. Where like if he's there, I'm gonna watch it because I just have to know how you could hoodwink so many people and like, and like have to have to go back and psychoanalyze everything that's predated. Like, is that stuff really that good that people are just going based off of name recognition and, and hearsay alone that much. And in this case, it boggles my mind that this isn't not recognized for picture screenplay or directing, but it is recognized for three of the four main acting categories and two of the four, not this one for JK Simmons. The other two are, are, are just irresponsible. Like there's (laughs) like, they're some of those irresponsible nominations ever. They don't look and sound anything like the people that they're portraying. (laughs) That's not acting. That's called being Chris Mullet and being bad at impersonations. Like it's, 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 agonizing and i just hope that it stops <laughs> you uh you, you not to change your subject but you brought up francis mcdormand or tony brought up francis mcdormand earlier i uh, i just found out and i keep forgetting so i gotta remind myself that uh i was on medical leave for three months i come mm-hmm. back they hire some new people one of them is uh bill macy's nephew hey yeah how about mm, that nice. um Anyway, speaking of uh, uh, Bill Macy and, and uh, Francis Dormand and Fargo, you got a former Fargo cast member also nominated here, Jesse Plemons. For reasons I have no idea why, because he for, does for, absolutely nothing in that movie. He He's in three scenes, yeah. <laughs> should have been nominated for Jungle Cruise. <laughs> uh, I can't comment on that, certainly. <laughs> You know what? Fuck it. I haven't seen it. I know I've liked it more than Power of the Dog. So fuck it. Sure. Jesse Plemons is operating on two speeds these days. He's either in very meditative, tempered, thoughtful dramas, or he is the Black Messiah, or he is fucking chewing up scenery, having a goddamn blast in the (laughs) Jungle Cruise. I'm supposed to watch that because they're supposed to uh, do something with Matt and Carly uh, for the Man. podcast on it because they, they work like right. around Jungle Cruise at Disney. It was fun. It was a fun yeah. fucking movie. Sure. It was probably a lot more fun than Power of the Dog. Uh, it was. My, Similar my, themes, it sounds though. like he's living the dream. You know, He, he truly he, is. He, he gets to have it both ways. Like He gets to do mm-hmm. the fun, handy movies and he gets to do the prestige movies and get nominated for yeah. awards. And, one and for you, one for me. This is the first uh, part of a couple of two couples that are nominated. Absolutely, yeah. very cool moment. Uh, so he he would be I my number so five. Glad that they finally nominated Ron Livingston and uh, what's her name? Uh, <laughs> fucking Midge for Mad Men. Oh uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, oh, God, Annabelle Gish. No, oh Rich, help me. Oh, I think that's who played Midge. We'll figure it no. out. We'll find it. Oh, so good. Rosemary DeWitt. Rosemary DeWitt. DeWitt. Oh, That's Rosemary yeah, DeWitt. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rosemary. God, I fucking ruined my joke. Rosemary, you're good. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, Plemons would be my five. Oh, and really, him and Cody Smith would be both because I also 
strongly dislike Cody Smith McPhee and his early frontrunner st- status really, really boggled my mind. I've never liked him. And in this, he's just, just glaringly offensively bad to me. Um, and then I think he was part of the reason why any of the subtlety was lost on me, Tony, because there wasn't any subtlety to him at all. There wasn't um, any subtlety to him just standing there. Or hula hooping or, oh, yeah. or making flowers or talking in, in the lisp. Like, it just wasn't there. Uh, Syrian Hines is, is very good, and he's just a heartwarming grandpa. Uh, Troy Kotzer is going to be one of the most deserving acting wins of quite some time, because when I saw everyone talking, like, oh, but he's so good, I was like, okay. And then I watched yeah. him, and I was like, I want him to be my fucking dad and my friend, yeah. and he's the fucking man. Very much big Paul Racy so energy. Cool. From Troy Kotzer from Sound of Metal uh, with Troy Kotzer, uh, right. he he crushes it. Um, snubs. We've already discussed two of the three that I would personally have nominated, alongside with Hines and Kotzer, Bradley Cooper in Licorice Pizza, and John Barenthal and King Richard. Like those two, to me, are like slam dunks. Uh, my biggest acting snub is fucking Mike Feist and West Side Story. Yep. It, it, everyone talking about Ariana DeBose, I walked away with that movie thinking, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. Why is he not in every movie I'm watching? And I, I just, I just don't get it. And I knew that was going to rile Rich up. And I'll, Tony may have something else to say. I, I understand you guys are big fans of the performance. For Mike Feist, I was initially enjoying it, and then I got the sense that it was not not across the line, but boy, was it right up against the line of of kind of parody of that sort of of like a guy doing like a fake fifties New York tough accent. Like, I think that's the character, was though. Kind of up against the line of that. Well, right, but like the character initially was like in the 1950s, and was okay. you know probably played by somebody from New York, and not just like a theater kid from North Dakota or wherever Mike Feist is from. <laughs> it's like ah, this is like you're really right up against it here, man. Like oh, you're right on There's the line. There's a pretty good right chance the that line. the original uh, fucking um, yeah, I don't know who the original in. guy was. You know, riff, I mean, he riff the original he riff from was for all I know, yeah, uh, Nebraska uh, theater kid. There's a there's yeah, a decent yeah. chance the original riff was that. I mean. Uh, t- Let's let Tony. Let's please abstain to the the, the person that was actually in West Side Story. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I I certainly have to defer to you guys on this one. I'm yeah. Oh, I defer to Rich because this is this is one of Rich's one of Rich's plays. It's one of Rich's things. Yep. I I, I you better believe I wore my cast shirt to the theater. Oh, that's kind of sweet. Nice. And I also kept crying, uh, thinking about my friends who played the part that was happening at the time, and then yeah. hoping that they're doing all right. Mm-hmm. I was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's no. this has been good for one it thing. Was, Rich no, 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 cries no, no, in every movie. Legit- no, 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 legitimately. No, Rich, from 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 your totally objective point of view, how how was the movie? <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? Um, <laughs> it. 
look, it was so justifying to find other people loving the movie equally as I did to make sure that it wasn't just me being in the bag for the movie, no matter what. Cause I went in very skeptical. I was like, there's no, there's just no, like, like we don't have to, we don't have to do this. I don't know why Spielberg's doing it. I don't understand why this is happening, but then you watch and you're like, all of it, all of it needed to happen again. Um, and that's just kind of like part of the performance, part of the, the reason why I said, you know, uh, not reinvented the wheel, giving a power steering is because like not only technically did they use modern technology to like you know fucking make the camera move the way it does and stuff like that and do the, some of the things they do um but like they didn't try and update the music or they didn't try and like fuck with the style of dancing or anything like that like it was all the same things that you remember loving about the original between the, and the accents and the style of acting within it with you know, none of the other more sort of like complicated things, you know, like certain castings and whatnot and so on. Um, yeah. So, but like, if that's, you know, how you feel about a performance, it's just kind of what it's going to be, especially like it can get, you know, pretty up there, but that's also just kind of like what musicals are is just kind of like a, an exaggerated art form. And that's, it's funny because so I enjoyed West Side Story, but I've just never been a West Side. Just, I've just never been a West Side Story guy. So I you just don't like just, star-crossed lovers. Oh, absolutely! I think it's a ridiculous concept. You they met two days ago. Now they're fucking killing over you. Yeah. yeah how do you feel you. about Titanic? I. Um. So I naturally have a problem with the story, and it's it's just that level All of has like a problem with racial mixing. Is what he's saying. Oh, got a problem with the core story of Tony and Maria. It's very. Is this Nor? Is this uh? Is this Noreen's review again? <laughs> fucking took my fucking joke. Um, well, it was two seconds away from using the word miscegenation. <laughs> um, Ansel Elgort was a big problem. Uh, but is it? Is it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was he's that very happened. bad. That came out. After they fucking finished shooting, because remember oh, no, this I, movie was supposed to come out like 2019. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he's like also just very bad in the movie. He's just terrible. Yeah, I was yeah, just gonna say that Ansel performance was a major issue with the movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, and I the don't. The fact that he's three feet taller than Maria. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Kurt Rambis next to fucking Vern Troyer. Um, so I just I just don't connect with it as a musical because it is that certain over level of like musical cheese for me um but for some reason he to me felt natural in the midst of all the rest of it um so i i was i was sad to not see him here um but i don't think it would have mattered yeah go ahead so i think you maybe just hit on a little bit about what what perhaps tonally for me didn't quite work about West Side Story in a movie that I really did like but I think that and I don't think Mike Feist is even like like the biggest like 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 the biggest guilty party in this regard but I think there's a sense that like when you're in a theater when you're doing theater live like you have to play big you have to play to the back of the room right yeah but when you're in a movie you don't have to do that and I feel like in this movie, like maybe there were people that were like playing in the back of the room a little too much and like, or just like the tone of it was like playing to the back of the room. And it's like, no, this is a soundstage. You don't have to do that. Like this can be intimate. 
but it was all kind of like these giant group shots of like large choreography and it has to be played big. So yeah, like I get it's that. A, it's you a know. tough needle to thread. Yeah. 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 There's a reason yeah, it's why consistent. Like most music. It might just be that, that I don't like live good. theater. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that could be it. And it, but it is consistent. Like it's not like anything that was unique to this iteration of West Side Story. To me, no, I yeah. I enjoyed this more than the, the original West Side Story. To be perfectly honest, yeah, um, as, a, as, too, a, yeah. as an overall movie, um, but I do get your point. It's it is a line that some of them tread. Like there's a I don't know if I can pinpoint what the reason is why, like hairspray or I'm trying to be another example. Like a, a musical translate well enough from the stage to the screen, whereas like. The producers didn't you know what i mean like they i think they have just a certain level of theatricality to them and i think west side story lands like kind of right in the middle of that and depending on how far you're willing to go on either side well that's where you're gonna your opinion's gonna be and you don't have a choice yeah there's like a certain like when you're in the theater the energy is let's put on a show and let's see if we can pull it off and it's like yeah you can't have that energy when it's a hundred and fifty million dollar movie with Steven Spielberg. Like, <laughs> you can't have the. Can we pull this off? Aren't we just a scrappy bunch of scrappers? And it's well, like, no. You need to tone that shit down. You're not a scrappy bunch of scrappers. Act like you've you been are there. fucking professionals. This is yeah. a hundred and fifty million dollar film. Don't come in here with this energy. Like that said, if you do that. That's a problem for me. <laughs> you know who is that though? Like straight up. They are a theater kid. Is Rachel Ziegler, who who I yeah, also yeah should have been nominated, but I've listened to at least like two or three interviews with her by now. And here's my prediction: Rachel Ziegler is going to get Anne Hathaway in about five years, if not sooner. I, I believe everyone's it. just going to shit on her for being a theater kid, for being I... unapologetically enthusiastic about living your dream and and performing for a living. I thought she was one of the least guilty of that. I thought she was one of the best parts of the film. No, she was. But I'm, I'm more so talking about her just like as a person in real life. As a public, pro- as a public person, yeah. As a, as a. Oh, media this is figure. like her first movie. It is. It's yeah. Her first movie. <laughs> yeah. No, but but man, like just having lived around theater kids my entire life, boy, she's got that energy to the hilt, mm-hmm. and for the, and and like. Apropos of nothing about the movie, uh, she she is going to do to people what Anne Hathaway did to people, rub them the wrong way for being just stoked for fucking living their dream. It's and an then, it's an attitude yeah. of like she would be on a media press tour and they'd be interviewing her, and one of the local stations would like be short a stage hand. So she's like, "Oh, wouldn't it be kitschy if I helped?" And then she went to help. But then she got too involved and started like telling people what to do, but in a very nice way. You know, that stage kid thing. <laughs> that all made sense. Now, like like that that whole like like attitude or like mode of being, of course, is very annoying. That's what we're making fun of. But I don't think that comes across in, in her performance. No, it doesn't. I agree. It's a I very, think that's, it, that's that's very much her credit as an actor. I think she's very good. She's got an obviously a really bright future out of her. And she might piss people off with her media energy, but I don't think she'll piss people off with her acting performances, which is really I, cool. Yeah. So. yeah, I, I, yeah, the performance itself was incredibly poised, and I was also very upset that she wasn't nominated as well. Um, 
much less fucking invited, as you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast two hours Crazy. ago. What uh, what are odds here, Rich? I think I know where they're going to go. Uh, J.K. Simmons plus thirty three hundred. Jesse Plemons plus thirty three hundred. Uh, uh, Kieran Hands uh, plus two thousand. Uh, Cody Smith McP uh, plus two eighty, and Troy Coster minus four fifty. Troy, yeah. Say the name Correct. of the nominee from Belfast again. Kieran Hines. You know, you said Kieran Hines. Cheryl Hines. Sharon Hearns. Cheryl Hines. That's right. Um. Let's we'll jump back to Best Supporting Actress. Uh, your nominees are Jesse Buckley, The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose, West Side Story, Judy Dench, Belfast, Kirsten Dunst, Power of the Dog, and Ingenue Ellis, King Richard. Uh, I will, I mean, we've already addressed West Side Story at Nauseam, and Ariana DeBose is probably of the four acting uh, categories, the biggest lock upon locks. She pops off the screen. She's very good. She's a star. She's an absolute friggin' yeah. star. She's incredible yeah. in that movie, and you should see it just for her if you haven't yeah. seen it. Uh, she would not be my winner here. I think she is great, but if I had to pick somebody of the five, I was oh, you're totally... going Buckley, aren't you? Yeah, I'm so going Buckley. I was enthralled by Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter, uh, and as I was watching, I was like. Fuck, I haven't heard anybody talk about this fucking performance, and it's going to really piss me off if it doesn't get nominated at least. And then I got nominated, and I was like, okay, cool. She ain't winning, but it's there. I thought she was uh, devastating and fucking enthralling to watch. So that, that's who I would personally vote for, but it's Ariana fucking DeBose. I mean, come on. I'm not going to be mad she wins. It's, it's, it, is, it is like the part, though. Like, it is like the poppy part of the play. Yeah. That, that it's... I, she I could like, do it. She... <laughs> you could do Anita. You're gonna do Anita. Someone give me a dress. She gets <laughs> like a dress. half the best numbers in the the entire thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, is, the other... it is a role designed to get you nominated. You oh, just 100%. you have to not fuck it up, and she does more than not fuck it up. Yeah. Uh, the other three uh, kind of boggle my mind. Uh, Judy <laughs> Dench was not was not the best female in a movie called Belfast this year. Uh, she was fine, but Katrina Balfe was much better. Um, and then you've and got she, uh, Kirsten Dunst reprising her role from Melancholia. Yep. Uh, another acting performance in this movie that was just like, okay, sure. She did a couple things and then uh, checked out. And uh, Anjanue Ellis, who I don't remember at all. Like, I, I thought was just so paint by the numbers that King Richard was, but there was nothing she did any better than either daughter, I felt like, in any scene. Because she didn't matter in any scene because that movie was about one thing and one thing only, which we there was like one finally going to get to. Like, there was like one scene where she confronts Richard and like tries to get him to like act right. Yeah, and I was looking at the fucking microwave the whole time. Um, I had here uh, Marlene Matlin in Coda. I was shocked at how good she was in that movie. Um, I, there wasn't much else supporting actors wise that I would have uh, recognized, but her to me was right up there with the Bose and Buckley for, for my personal taste on here. Any other ones ring out or any other strong yay or nay opinions? Uh, not anything that's popping out to me just now. 
Um, oh. Just looking down my list of movies this year. Let's see. Oh. Yeah. Wasn't a good supporting actress year for for really any any movie. I have another I have another one I can mention, but I'm waiting to talk about that particular movie until we get the best actor. Um odds. Jesse Buckley, sorry, mullet plus thirty three hundred. Uh oh, uh, two more uh, uh Fargo alum here, Jesse Buckley and uh, Kirsten Dunst. Ah, correct. Uh Judy Dench plus twenty five hundred. Ingenue Ellis plus two thousand, Kirsten Dunst plus seven fifty, Ariana DeBose minus two thousand. I'm shocked that's on more. <laughs> I think she's the, I think she's the only one of the four that is like swept, swept. Hmm. Like Cody picked up a couple for actor, yeah. Benedict picked up a couple for actor, and actress has been all over the place until recently. But um, yeah, good for her. She'll she's uh, I think already signed up to be in uh, one of the next Spider Man movies. Uh, best actress. I get paid. Uh, best actress nominees: Jessica Chastain, Isa Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, Cole Kidman, Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart Spencer. Woof. Well, not Kristen Stewart. Nope. Why'd you say that? Like start. Stewart. Like, Matt I, TV at I the end of it. Doing that a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I've been yeah. saying. Stuart a lot either, but Mo Collins catch- into it, yeah. Yeah. Yard. Which let's which get, would you be more for, uh, Joan Calamezzo, huh? Which, which would you be more upset? Her name is Gina. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen Stewart and Nicole Kidman. Which is more bad? I mean, for um, you guys, I guess well, more for you, bad. I yeah. well, I I I finished watched all movies. Yeah, you know, it, like. Man, Spencer was so bad, man. It's yeah, it's. I mean, I and couldn't so see through the, the Kristen honestly, Stewart so of it all. The Ricardos, and and I, it's a hard time seeing through the Nicole Kidman of it all. Like, it's just fucking cardboard, man. Whoever loses, we win. <laughs> it's the opposite yeah. AVP. Uh, Tony, what are you what are you feeling here? Um. So this, I think, is the one category where I have not partaken of any of the nominated performances. So I, your guess is as good as mine, gentlemen. And very no, your guess is very likely much better than mine, having (laughs) seen at least one of the nominated performances. So, so Chastain is starting to pick up steam, and uh, she would be my winner of the five. I thought she was, and this is from somebody that has been through a lot of bad Jessica Chastain performances. Namely, the X Men, X Men, right? Dark Phoenix, but also she wasn't. She was like probably my least favorite part of the Martian, just totally forgettable. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was something else I saw her in that I was not a fan of. Molly's game. Um, no, 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 I haven't seen Molly's game. Um, outside of the just worst part of the Martian, by the way, was Kristen Wiig. Just so we're all clear, mm-hmm. I don't remember her being in that movie. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. But she absolutely destroys as Tammy Faye. She gives her such a heart uh, and such such conviction and plays her does never she so know what i'm about to say here as opposed to what i will say about best actor in just a moment she plays her without a single shred of insincerity or parody yes to me at all cosign she is it is an earnest portrayal she is 
Ernest, and she is that character. And I have no doubt in my mind that that is how that character was and how that person was. Um, so she'd be my vote. Uh, Coleman, you can never go wrong with Coleman. She is awesome and and devastating in that movie. Um, to the point where my wife cried for 15 minutes afterwards, which did not break the record for Hereditary, where we literally had to call her mother. Um, <laughs> which is one of the great Those also strike life. me as Yo, two very different I, cries. Oh, they were. Okay. Hereditary was like, Hereditary was like, why would you do that to me? How could this happen? Whereas Lost Daughter was like, that's going to be me. <laughs> so it was fun. Tough hangs. I, I was I was in an inebriated state for both. Oh, it was great. Uh, for the latter, um, just kind of and bookmark that moment. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I've of the, the uh, two of the three that I've seen uh, of this, I, I like a lot. Um, co-sign what you said about Jessica Chastain I I probably pull for Olivia Coleman a little more here um I uh, well I'll ask you offline what you thought happened at the end um oh sure but yeah um it was <laughs> the Olivia Coleman performance was impressive to me for really just having to pull off questionable action after questionable action <laughs> and yeah. still make it still make you want to watch the next scene like there's a lot of very frustrating things that happen in that movie that make you like do a typical audience member like what are you doing don't mm -hmm. do that um but she still is engaging when she's doing it and you she navigates it very well yeah um, and I think that those flashbacks also help to show her psyche yeah, and, and absolutely. you know, where she's standing. I, I, I want to see Parallel Mothers. It's the one that I've not been able to see. It's mm -hmm. Penelope Cruz right and now, yeah. yeah, it's Penelope Cruz and Olma Darva. I'm, I'm there. Uh, uh, if What's I had the director's to... name again, Pedro, my boy, my boy, Peter, <laughs> Peter Ray, <laughs> my, oh, my boy, Peter Ray. Um, if I if I had to uh, switch it up here, uh, I thought and I'm going to fuck this name up, so I'm just going to say the lead actress and the worst person in the world uh, was sensational. I thought she was great. Um, I again will not even begin to try. Um, I, I will stand for Lady Gaga's performance in House of Gucci all day long. Oh, I forgot to mention Jared Leto and Best Supporting Actor. Throw him in there because no one will ever forget that. Paolo <laughs> Gucci. A pigeon. <laughs> I'll just say pigeon over and over again. And uh, Alana Heim. Alana Heim was fucking great in Licorice Pizza. Um, so uh, the fact, uh, take any of those three and replace fucking Kristen Stewart and Nicole Kidman, and we're in business. Uh, this one's all over the place, Rich. What what do the odds say besides Penelope Cruz and not winning? Yep, Penelope Cruz plus twenty five hundred. Kristen Stewart, give you an idea of the gap, plus seven hundred. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, Even. Just with Kristen Stewart is Olivia Coleman. Mm, yeah. Uh, and then fucking Nicole Kidman at plus 350 and Chastain at minus 200. Outrageous. So, so Kidman, that would be Kidman's second best actress, Coleman's second best actress, and it would be Cruz's second acting award. She got supporting for Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Um, so a lot at stake there. And I believe uh, that is, no, that'd be Denzel's third and Bardem's second and the first for best actor for all the rest. 
Yeah. Uh, Javier Bardem being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch, the power of the dog, Andrew Garfield, tick, tick, boom, Will Smith, King Richard, and Denzel Washington, the tragedy of Macbeth. <sighs> I mean, I already, I already talked about it, but like, it's, uh, we're going to look back on this as a society and be like, we didn't give Denzel Washington doing one of the, 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 the most lauded Shakespeare performances of all time. We didn't recognize that. Instead, we, instead we gave it to the Fresh Prince for being a dad, for being a, a freaking uh, tennis dad. For playing Uncle Phil. For play- yes. playing Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. Oh, am I getting started? Why? This, this is an note. SNL. This Listen. is an SNL character. It's an SNL character. To quote Denzel Washington from that interview clip with Jamie Foxx, I'm leaving with something. I'm from the (laughs) round the way. I'm leaving with something. The move here is just pick Denzel, not only because it's the best on paper, like, oh, my God, it's Denzel Mm -hmm. doing Macbeth, but because when you actually watch it, it actually is the best performance. Yeah. Like I've only seen three of these performances, but it's better than Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm sorry, that film performance is kind of easy. Uh huh. Um, the Will Smith performance, I don't think it's easy, but the movie is just not good enough. I did not see Tick Tick Boom, and I refuse on principle to see being the Ricardos, as you know. So. I'll the, let Mullen tell me why Andrew Garfield should be best actor this year. I'll, I'll well, say number one, he's old, just a doll. <laughs> he, is, he is indeed. Uh, if he should win an award for uh, any acting performance, it should be in all the press that he did for Tick, Tick, Boom in saying that he's not in No Way Home. That's the actual, that's the real performance there. That's that it. Of the all, best acting? I've, yes, I've seen all but one of these, but the performance that I like, the, the only other performance that I like in this batch is andrew garfield so this is an interesting quagmire because the number one thing i liked about the power of the dog was benedict cumberbatch in it uh, <laughs> i thought he was actually and i'm not i'm not a big uh i'm not a big member of the cumberbatch but um but you are a big bronco henry head oh god i don't make me get my kerchief um are you a bronker or a member of the cumberpatch <laughs> I'm both. Uh, it's like Crips and Bloods, you know. But we, I, I get through it. Uh, I thought he was. I thought he did the best at like, kind of like the quiet, you know, but still ultimately cantankerous, misguided, you know, character that he was. Uh, Andrew Garfield. Is, is just uh, has the energy of nine million people in, in Tick Tick Boom and captures Jonathan Larson again, biased because of knowing about yeah. Jonathan Larson forever. But the fact it that it's kind of cheating if you're playing like a real life theater kid, yeah. But the way that he also does it, having never sang before, <laughs> never been in a, like a musical before, that's the dance. Like he he never sang before this, like yeah. in any sort of manner like that. Yeah, uh, I put Denzel as number three on my list even before seeing the movie two days ago, just because of how much I hated uh, being the Ricardos and I, I, how much I just utterly hated Will Smith and King Richard. Like I, I it makes me angry <laughs> that something that 
is the exact opposite to me of 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 Isotami Fay in that it it goes over the line of parody and indulgence very early, and then I had another two hours. There's nothing likable, and there's nothing that engages me about it. It's just a fucking shitty lisp and just chewing up scenery. And he was better on The Fresh Prince 30 years ago, showing heartbreak and subtlety. Um, it's just, it's it's a makeup Oscar for, 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 for neither of us. Just say it. I've, I mean, yeah. Uh, if you go back and look at the nominees for the year of Pursuit of Happiness, we should have just given it to him then and been done with it. Uh, we Forrest Whitaker didn't need a fucking Oscar. Uh, <laughs> just give it to Will. Um, yeah, it, it's for me, it's Garfield. Um, there's <clears throat> one movie and one performance we haven't talked about tonight that I think should have been recognized here, and I might have been the only other person that saw it. Um, and I, I can't believe I have to say this. Uh, but Simon Rex and Red Rocket was absolutely fucking perfect. Um, and Sean Baker is, I feel like the only way that he's going to get nominated for things is going to be for acting performances like Willem Dafoe and a Simon Rex. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, that is maybe the, the epitome of a performance of somebody that is playing themselves times themselves a hundred. Like it is, actually very impressive to see somebody play themselves as a caricature as impressively as he does um so i'm very sad that he's not here uh rich did you see it i i I haven't seen it um but i did listen to an episode of the a24 podcast Mm -hmm. and pretty much what they do is they'll take just two people and just put them in a room with microphones there's no host it's just these two people that worked on A24 properties talking to each other. So this one was nice. Simon Rex and some fucking kid from Euphoria. And it was, <laughs> Molly, you should, that's your Venn diagram in this current moment. So you should look it up and listen to it. It's, man, I heard something. I listened to something. It was <laughs> I think wow. I literally, I think I literally started watching Euphoria with Sam that when I came home from watching Red Rocket and then <laughs> proceeded to have four of the worst back-to-back days of my adult life. You should, <laughs> oh you should. I, I, if, I will send you this this episode. It is. Please do. Which means both those projects and and particularly that movie work. If you like the Florida Project, you'll like Red Rocket. It's a much harder movie to watch if you can believe that, but for different reasons. Um, yeah, so I, I would encourage you to, to watch it if you uh, if you haven't yet. Um, also, for everything I said about Alana Heim, for his first movie, Cooper Hoffman, I thought was absolutely sensational. Didn't charisma uh, on the screen. Yeah, he, he has it. Is <laughs> that Julie just laughing at you? She's laughing at the cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you can see I, the cat's paws at the very bottom yeah. part of my screen. No, I can't. No, I, I just heard you, like, you give a quick, like, wild line as, like, a movie review you'd hear in a commercial. Like, Keith Cooper Hoffman flies off the screen, just followed by <laughs> judging laughter. <laughs> <I> James <laughs> Shallot. <laughs> yeah. It was a James Shallot, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I would like to see him here instead of Javier Bardem. I would have loved to see Simon Rex here instead of Will Smith. 
And um, I also really like the lead actor of Drive My Car. Um, I thought he was really, really great. Um, but uh, it's all not going to matter. A couple of performances I want to run by you guys here as maybe as like a possible inclusion as opposed yeah. to, for instance, Javier Bardem mm-hmm. or Will Smith. Um, what about Dev Patel and the Green Knight? Have not see it. it, but I've okay. heard a lot of positive things about it. I Same thing with Nicolas Cage support, and Pig. I will always support Dev Patel in anything he chooses to do. Uh, I did see Pig. We've all seen Pig. I got in trouble for watching it without Charlie. Um, Nick Cage was really good in that. He yeah. was really good. The performance is probably a little too spare to be nominated, but uh, I thought he was really effective. Yeah, maybe if he sang Cuban Pete, he would have gotten nominated. <laughs> um, yes, a couple of Javier Bardem, because you're not going to see it. Javier Bardem does sing Cuban Pete in its entirety in Being the Ricardos. Sorry, Boy. continue. Which is pretty rough when you're a Spaniard. Um, a couple of things <laughs> I want to mention. Uh, Jonathan Majors in The Heart of a Fall. Yeah. Um, which was really good. I thought you could have nominated uh, Idris Elba in supporting for that movie as well. The final scene, the showdown is really mm-hmm. intense, of course. Uh, but really awesome performances throughout that movie. I'm um, trying to finally watch it this weekend. It's super fun. Like you're, you're, it, it just bounces. It's a, it's a super fun modern Western. Um, and then uh, Oscar Isaac and the card counter. Did you guys see that flick? I wanted to. It was on my list of if I have time, and I did not. Have yeah, time. same. Um, not an easy watch. Don't bring the family. Your uh, your women <laughs> won't won't sit with you to watch this film. Um, <laughs> nor should they. I'm gonna go watch it right now. If you know what I mean. Uh, they say the same thing about Paul Schrader's Facebook posts. Hey, no one should ever expose themselves to this. Um, so yeah, just uh, just a couple I wanted to point out. Yeah, there was plenty of options for Javier Bardem to not fucking be here. Yeah, like, opp- there weren't there weren't enough other options for you guys. <laughs> I mean, even in, even in performances like I would have happily let me go through the list very quickly. Uh, I would have happily taken uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Don't Look Up. He's always good, you know. He, he's better than Javier Bardem and being the Ricardos. I would have taken, uh, Brett, yeah, I would have taken Cooper in Nightmare Alley. I thought he was woefully miscast, not more so than Javier yeah. Bardem. Yeah. Uh, I would have fucking gone with the car in Teton, which, yes, I just exposed that I actually did watch Teton. Uh, actually, the, 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 the father in Teton is actually very devastating and great. Um, yeah, any of those would have been fine. I would have gone for Kong in Godzilla versus Kong. Hell yeah. <laughs> so LeBron James in Space Jam. Man, I can't go that far. <laughs> no, you can't go that far. Can't go that far. He's very bad. Uh, uh, what are the odds there, Rich? We got uh, Javier Bardem at plus 5,000. Uh, Denzel Washington at plus 5,000. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's outrageous. It is. It is outrageous. It's disrespectful is what it is, honestly. Plus 5,000? Yeah. Um, Andrew Garfield, plus 1,400. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, plus 500. And Big Willie Style at minus 1,000. Like, I'm not wrong, right? Like, it's... I haven't seen it, so... It's a 90s movie. It's... 
Right. Damn it. I have no. Yeah, it, that's what it is. <laughs> it's just what it is. I, I, just, I, I don't know how else to describe it except to say, like, yeah, it brought me back to my childhood and in the way that my childhood was kind of boring and conventional, like a really conservative time. <laughs> oh, man. I hope that speech is a train wreck. I hope he accidentally turns into like a Scientology dragon <laughs> in the middle of it. <laughs> my, my, my personal thing is that if you win an Oscar for doing a, a, a role with an accent or a voice, you should have to maintain it during your speech. <laughs> it's the House of Gucci rule. rule on the blank slate. If you're talking about it, you got to. You got to. You got to. You got to. You grew up in that house. You got to put a little marinara on. I put a little pecorino cheese on there. It's just a great. You're. You're both so much better than Jared Leto right now. Thank <laughs> you, man. Not, Hello. Not even. I am hey. Um, do you want me to get you another one? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, Thank right. you. Um, big two. Big. Best director. Is that a big dos? <laughs> no, you don't know. You know what big two is in Italian. Come on. Il grande dolce. Yeah, there we go. Uh, best director. Kenneth Branagh, Belfast, Reisuke Hamaguchi, Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion, Power of the Dog, Steven Spielberg, West Side Story. Uh, it's going to be Jane Campion. Yeah. Uh, now, the real question is, is she going to put her fucking foot in her mouth again? I think she's running out of room and feet. Uh, there might not be room in her mouth because it's uh, got the Williams sisters' names in there. So uh, she, uh, <laughs> there's only room for uh, for either her, her her photo or the Williams sisters. Um, I think I think she told me to eat shit too. So whatever. This uh, I I I kind of think, man, I. I kind of think Paul Thomas Anderson should win this because there's no way that movie should work. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely works. He is my and it kind of cooks. Like it, it has a lot of energy. Like, like it really cooks a little bit too. I, maybe you should win it. I have no problem ultimately with the direction of power of the dog compared to the story and acting issues that I have and pacing problems. Um, which I guess are three things that could be fixed by the director. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but this to me is just way too stacked of a fucking lineup for me to be like, she's winning this easily. Uh, I think Brano, I think Belfast is wonderfully directed. What he gets out of his child actor and uh, just the emotions of everything is very impressive. Hamaguchi is solid across the board. Spielberg this is a return to form to him uh, after fucking Ready Player One and War Horse and other fucking shit. Um, War Horse. War, no. Former Best Picture nominee, just, War Horse. Just a heads up, if you're ever around Charlie, don't shit talk War Horse. Sorry. It will, it, you will be put in your place. I mean, that could be insert horse movie here, probably. But Horse um, tail. But I've, she, I, she, I've seen her get riled up over Warhorse. 
So I'm not going to the hospital because I got beat up by your girlfriend over a war horse. That's what I'm noted. That is noted. noted. No. Yeah. So thank you. Noted. Um, Yeah. That's it's exactly what Tony said. PTA is a a one-of-a-kind in terms of what he manages to accomplish. And this movie works zero without without him. Rich? There are so many times where, like, the movie just... Like the scene shouldn't even work, but mm-hmm. it only works because he's like tilted the camera and now it's facing directly up and the actor is like facing down at it and shit like that, where he's just like, this shouldn't work at all. Like, what is this scene? But it's captivating. It's like, yeah, this guy just knows how to put a movie together in a way that like really keeps you watching. Like even, you know, you were talking about you know the Sean Penn, Tom Waits sequence earlier, and you were saying it was it was kind of not watchable, and I was like, it's excruciating, like it's cringy, but not because anyone's bad in it. It's just like yeah. because it's depicting a, a certain kind of like very bad man that existed in the seventies, and I mean still definitely exists today, but in a less like overt way. But. Uh, I mean, I found that scene to be, like, super funny just because of, I mean, <laughs> number one, how it ends with the motorcycle jump. <laughs> but I, I I think I meant by it being, it's definitely, like, it shouldn't be watchable. It is incredibly pointless to what is ultimately going on. <laughs> it is... Well, but, but that that for me is, like, sort of the point of the whole movie. It's like, nothing that yeah. occurs... It, like there's no point to any of it because nothing ends up happening. Like nothing ends up happening. There's no yeah. point to the movie at all. It's just like these are these people and these are some things that they did. But, but they're, it, it they're does, really fun. Like they're just fun adventures. Absolutely, and it does it does go to it does stand to support the point of PTA being on another level and a master of his craft in that he can yeah. do that 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 scene on top of the John Peter scene on top of any other stretch of this movie. And it all fit into a, a piece and into a puzzle that so many people are seeing a different picture. of. Like everyone is interpreting it a different way and you leave it feeling something that's that, that, that I had a bigger feeling of that than any other movie here. It's been every other movie besides Coda, but Coda didn't make me think Coda's made me feel like, ah. Lurker's Pizza made me think, what the fuck did I just experience? That's yeah. That goes to him. Yeah, it was like, it definitely made me feel a lot of things in a way that the other movies that I saw this year did not make me necessarily, like, I might have admired them for certain reasons, but I didn't, like, feel a lot of stuff yeah. when I was watching them in the same way that Lurker's Pizza made me relate to myself a little bit differently. Absolutely. Uh... Rich, were you feelings are here before I go into my personal subs? Well, I haven't seen that movie, so uh, that sounds great. Um, <laughs> You'll like it. <laughs> uh, but I, I just have to go all in on Steven Spielberg here, man. Sure. Like, return to form, but also just like in a form that he's never even kind of like come close to in a musical. You know, like it's it's remarkable also back to best adapted screenplay snub for tony kushner um because that was not an easy thing to do 
and also in terms of actual adaptation, it is a yeah. very good adaptation of yeah. what. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but Spielberg just fucking popped in the door and just dropped the dick on them all again. And 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 also, so he's already got three Oscars. You know, and you could always argue like, uh, should uh, Michael Jordan have had more MVPs? That kind of thing. Yes. Um, but. It's getting to the point now of fucking Spielberg and Scorsese and all that stuff. It's like if we really want to give them the all of their flowers and their esteem, mm-hmm. like in the form of these little metal things, you know, like I, the only thing I could see coming up next for Spielberg is the Fablemans, which is supposed to come out next year, mm-hmm. which is going to be his Roma, Belfast, autobiographical sort of coming of age, coming of age movie. Um you know, but like, uh, uh, holy shit. And it's just, I don't know, man. It's its just, it was incredible. I didn't see him, him, Steven Spielberg, me. I didn't see him pulling that off. What an <laughs> asshole I am. <laughs> yeah, 50 years in the business, the kid finally what is figured he, it out. Um, yeah, so, and just as far as, I don't know, man. It just, from, I haven't seen Licorice Pizza again, as, as I mentioned. It just it for despite who he is, it still seemed like it was a very uh, high degree of difficulty, and he, and he not only like met it, but he he fucking like redefined what musicals should be. Honestly, one one question that I have about Spielberg here, and I do think he did a really good job. Um, one thing I'm having trouble. <laughs> separating out is so West Side Story when they made it the first time it won Best Picture and Best Director already Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it's already acclaimed as like one of the best stories you could tell on on film Mm -hmm. like not a lot of movies won the double right so does that make it like like even harder for Spielberg does that make his achievement like resound even more forcefully that it is so good even even in light of the original i think that's incredibly valid but i'll 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 answer your question with a question tony what does hollywood love a comeback uh I, I was going to say an underdog, but a comeback is also correct. A comeback. And yeah, well, definitely not an underdog. Like, oh, well, this movie hasn't hasn't been relevant for 40, 50 years, whatever. What a comeback. Yeah. Uh, it not, came out not, 60 years ago. 60. Jesus. Um, yeah. Fucking talk about comebacks. Fucking Rita, Rita Moreno crushes in that movie, too. She maybe should have gotten nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, again, having not seen the movie, they all just fucking... I'm not here to shit on Rita Moreno, but it wasn't great. Uh, yeah. So so without having seen Licorice Pizza, that's that's just kind of where I'm at. Odds, however, unless anyone has any final thoughts on that. Um, people that I would have here instead... Uh, Denis Villeneuve is, is directing in Dune. Yeah. <laughs> he is yes he he is the only other person that i would say in terms of like mastering his thing like pta can master his thing mm-hmm. denise has done in his own little world um i think lin-manuel miranda has a very very bright ass feature as a film director yeah uh based on what i saw in tick tick boom um and saw a definitive style and a definitive 
voice behind the camera, just like you hear in his lyrics or in, in his words. Um, and yeah, I fucking saw it and I fucking thought it was fucking the craziest thing ever and, and great. But uh, Julie Decanu for Titan fucking directed the shit out of that fucking movie. Tony, I think you'd love it and hate it all at the same time. I can't. It's, I, I it's on Hulu. It. It's on Hulu now. Or you can rent it for a dollar. Uh, <laughs> I was about to drop the buck and then I saw it was on Hulu. And I'm like, sweet, save me a dollar. Um, uh, it, it is. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> it's my review. There are two or three things in it that I absolutely adored and two or three things in it I totally hated. But and everything else in between is 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 a ride. So check it the fuck out. Uh, I'll say that I was uh, relieved to not see Adam McKay here. Um, Agreed. I was surprised to not see uh, Joel Cohen here or in Best Picture. Um, And who else? There was one other. Oh, there's another one that I was like surprised at, but can't think of it now. Um, Denis or who else we got here? I'm no, trying to look it was someone you had Del Toro. Del Toro. No. Uh, I'm trying to look at the best picture. No, it's fine. It doesn't matter. I probably actually Quest said love? it. Quest love. There it is. Quest love. <laughs> Uh, Big one. Oh, sorry. Odds. 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 Yes. Well, at uh, plus thirty three hundred, I'm sorry, y'all. It's Paul Thomas Anderson. That's uh, as the longest shot. Uh, plus twenty five hundred. Rice. Rice K. Rice I thought it was rice K. Okay. Yeah, that's how I. But I also heard somebody they say it is rice K. So I, I was confused. Okay. Uh, Rice K Hamaguchi plus 2500. Kenneth Branagh, who, if he won, he would become the second uh, Academy Award winning director in the MCU uh, at plus 1600. Uh, Tony, how many Academy Award winning directors uh, to have also directed MCU movies will it take for you to watch a number of those movies? Um, it will take, uh, only one of them. And that one, uh, will be Marty Scorsese. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, how many, all right. You know what? Just as like, there's, there's no, <laughs> there's no, okay. There's no accumulated number, but if, for example, if Paul Thomas Anderson, <laughs> Marty Scorsese, Joel Cohen, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a number of other filmmakers we could name. I, I don't have them right off the dome at the moment. All, but, all I'm saying know. is, considering Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, fond feelings for Venom, let there be carnage. I wouldn't rule really any of this do out. One, you know, like he might do one, and I'd be interested to see it in the same way that, like, I see all of his movies, even Inherent Vice. Oh God, even I have limits. I just <laughs> strays for Inherent Vice. <laughs> Uh, Spielberg plus 1400 and then Jane Campion uh, at minus guesses. I want to hear guesses. Oh, 3500. Uh, I'm going to go minus 4000. Minus 5000. 
Jeez. Yeesh. You guys ever seen the piano? No. Yeah, yeah me either. Okay, good. Uh, best no, picture. No, five. I haven't seen it. <laughs> or as Silent Bob calls it. <laughs> <laughs> best picture. Best of the best of the best. Sorry. Honors. Like I said, we're better here after only three hours, guys. You know, Belfast. We have nothing else to say about any of these movies. Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. If you had a vote, Tony, you had a vote. If I had to vote of these movies, which one would I vote for? Yeah, you can give me a top three because I do believe they do vote, like they do order things. So you can give me a top three. Tony, okay, if you do yeah. need time to vamp, I can I can provide that for you. Yeah, jump in, jump in. Mullet, Hulk yeah. McAnally. Oh, baby, thank you so much. Best supporting actor sub, Hulk McAnally, uh, who I was so happy to see in Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley was good. I mean, I like Nightmare Alley. I immediately texted Rich like, why is Holt McAnally not in every fucking thing? He's like, he's, he should, he sh- God, he's so good. He, he should be the guy that's like, you know, the eighth lead in a Marvel movie. He's like the, the tertiary villain that I get two or three good scenes in. He'd be a great kingpin. Um, Ooh. And then he's in fucking Nightmare Alley and fucking True Detective. Uh, not True Detective, fucking hell. Uh, Jesus Mine, fucking Christ. Mindhunter. Hunter. Uh, like he's just fucking great, and every I, he, he's popping up in old movies I see. Like he's in Fight Club, he's in something yep. else. I'm like, hey, Holt McAnally, uh, isn't he great? Uh, uh, if oh. you want a lot of Holt McAnally, look it up. It's on. Uh, it used to be on Netflix. Lights out. Lights out. We did it for a picked up episode. Yeah, back I remember. in the day, mm-hmm. and I ended up watching the rest of the fucking the rest Joe. of the series because it's it was really good hell yeah uh on the opposite end of the spectrum my last thing i wanted to make sure i mentioned to both of you guys is uh somebody who we didn't talk about from coda who i ended up enjoying was i guess you could consider him the comedic relief of the movie uh or the uh the the teacher uh oh yeah that's his name the guy from overboard uh, yeah eugenio derbez um and the whole time i'm like how the fuck do i know this guy i knew him from overboard and he had that instructions on included spanish language movie that yeah. did very well at the box office a couple years ago and i looked him up so he is like the preeminent spanish speaking like animated voiceover guy he's the eddie murphy of he is the donkey in shrek for the spanish dub. oh very yeah, good that's a legendary spanish language dub yeah, yeah. I, and I think I've, I've, I know we discussed it on the podcast before, and I don't know if I'd mentioned it on this specifically, but the first time I saw Shrek was in Spanish, and I was like, Me "Who too. the fuck?" I'm like, "Who the fuck Me is too. the Spanish? Who the fuck is the Spanish donkey? He's great." Yeah, the ninth nice <laughs> grade. I was like, "Who is this guy?" Yeah, and sure enough, fucking a, it's it's this guy who's now in uh, Academy Award nominated yeah. movies, and he's one of the biggest stars in Spain. So, do do you know who I thought you were gonna say? What you recognized him from? What? Geostorm! Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, because last time I had to look at Did you know the be. voice of uh, Shrek, the donkey in Spanish, was Volodymyr Zelensky? <laughs> also Paddington, too, in Ukrainian. Oh, wait, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, knew, I knew Paddington. I didn't know yeah. the other one. God. Okay, um, if I had to do a top three for best picture, 
So I think my number three would be West Side. I think my number two would be uh, uh, La Fuerza del Perro, The Power of the Dog. And okay. I think my number one would I think it would be Licorice Pizza. Okay, Rich. Which seems like not a remarkable movie, but of 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 these ten, I think I think that's it. Yeah, uh, excluding what I obviously haven't seen, uh, I go three Nightmare Alley, two, but it might just be because it's a little too fresh with me. Coda, and then one West Side Story. Okay, but uh, I could see my one and two flipping like in the next week at any point, yeah. honestly. Yeah. My, my five, my, I mean, I, I watched all 10. Uh, my three kind of varies where I'm at right now. My three would be drive my car. My two would be licorice pizza and my one would be Coda. Um, Coda for me, was just, that would very easily could have been a like lifetime movie melodrama. Like really at its core what the story could be and it turned into something so remarkably genuine and funny and emotional and well acted it just it, it checked all the boxes for me. The, the, the the lead of that movie too the who, who played ruby was also amelia amelia jones i believe is her name yeah. I'm trying to give her her flowers <laughs> um but uh yeah it's just it's a much a must watch it, it's that and licorice pizza will be the two movies that that stick with me when i think about this year and movies besides spider-man uh, uh forever. i don't believe there was a movie that all three of us said and that's cool yeah because yeah we both said coda and then you and rich you and tony both said west side story so yeah that's it's a good it's a good thing and and tony's uh, uh number two is my number 10 so <laughs> that's how they go um, any movies that were not nominated or that we didn't talk about that came out in 2021 that you guys liked that you want to just shout out not that we didn't talk about everything else like if i had to make my list i'd have tick tick boom here i'd have worst person in the world here i'd have red rocket here um in terms of like a, a list of 10 but nothing i don't think that we haven't mentioned at all the rest of the show um i'd say uh, a comedy um from 2021 that i'd like to shout out would be um vacation friends i know mullet and i talked about it before mm -hmm. um but yeah it was just another good comedy on hulu that like oh they used to make you know six of these a year and now this is the one we get um i'll i'll never watch it and i it doesn't look very good, but I have really astronomically high hopes for the Lost City that's coming out this weekend. That Channing Tatum, Same. Sandra Bullock movie. Yep. So I'm like, five years ago, that movie would have made like $230 million. And I would have gotten like seven to 10 other movies in theaters, three of which probably would have been pretty good. And now, like, I feel like this is the first big budget comedy being released in theaters this decade. <laughs> that's not even a joke. So I, I hope that we get more of those because of it. I would also like to nominate for best uh, live action short, the opening sequence, the Peacemaker. I know it's a minute, but fuck it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, also mentioning Peacemaker, uh, the Suicide Squad uh, was was 
just really good, uh, really good and a, a big uh, uh, departure from the original in the best way. Uh, I hope James Gum, James Gunn, James Gum. I hope James Gum is still in hell. That <laughs> Buffalo Gum. Bell son of a bitch. Um, I hope James Gunn eventually becomes like our Tim Burton and that he eventually starts doing movies that can get recognized at the mm-hmm. Academy Awards because yeah. he has the story ca- storytelling capabilities. Mm-hmm. He's just doing superhero movies and his like trauma, like horror shit. Yeah. But he could very easily with the way he tugs he, his emotions. He could. I don't think he has any interest in it. Cause like, I don't think he does either. If you look like, at like the, like his movie that he like put together that got him on the map was, was a superhero movie. It was super, Yeah, you know, yeah. like, I think this is just kind of what he wants to be doing. I would just kill to see what his big fish or his like Ed Wood would be. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's just, it's just a cool compare. The only comparison I can really come up with. Uh, like to shout out uh, the tender bar. Uh, oh, I haven't seen it yet. Dude, it's, it's great. You get fucking Christopher Lloyd. Just, just crushing it. Uh, yeah, as a, as a, as a, as a fucking grandpa. Uh, you know, Ben Affleck just dispensing wisdom, uh, you know, but it's Ben Affleck wisdom. It basically every disgusting feeling that uh, Hillbilly Elegy made you feel. It's the opposite with the tender bar. Oh, good. Um, it's 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 really nice. It's just really nice. Uh, also, uh, a movie that kicked ass from uh, last year. Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Oh, I wanted to see that. Mm. it's good i think it's on hbo max right now it fucking yeah you're you are you're correct tony will watch in the background of doing some work in a couple months (laughs) (laughs) um not a disaster but like the right level of action movie yeah i still haven't seen last night in soho but as an edgar wright fan i need to fix that i've heard very mixed things about it uh yeah i mean i've heard middling things about it but um you know uh it was great oh um fucking i've seen the batman twice uh so i like that a lot only got a couple more weeks till it's on hbo max so i i want to see in theaters it's not i doesn't work with a five-year-old going to see a three-hour batman movie yeah um a couple that i wanted to shout out um rich you mentioned vacation friends i'd like to mention a movie about friends on vacation and that's barb and star go to vista oh I've yes. not seen it. I've wanted to. That's the movie Holy that shit. Yes, everyone yeah. was uh, talking about Jamie Dornan, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, yeah. Well, I, let me see him instead of him in Belfast. It was boring in Belfast." Dude, Mullet. It's... They finally made a funny comedy for adults that is oh, like good. ninety minutes. Yeah, it's... they just did it. They just made a good movie. You're gonna want to see. Don't. It's on my list. You have you seen the trailer or no? No, yeah, I've seen the trailer. Okay, it. We'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah, uh, I gotta very watch fun. it. Very it's fun. It's so yeah. fucking fun. I I forget that so was fun. that that was this year. It was like January. Yeah, I was gonna say I felt yeah. like a last year so movie last that year. got dumped. Yeah, yeah, yes. So Holy fucking shit! I um, I just want to rewatch it now. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Um, so uh, definitely check that one out if you haven't seen it. Um, I mentioned the card counter. If you like fucked up movies, see it. It's really fucked up. Um, the little things skip it uh no sudden move no sudden move did you guys see this one it was no, on no, HBO. It sounds like a steven seagal movie <laughs> no this is uh yeah it does um this is a like a heist movie starring don Cheadle, k 
Kieran Culkin, uh, uh, Benicio del Toro. Oh yeah, is this, is this the Soderbergh movie? Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's the Soderbergh movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like a movie about like thieves in like 1950s Detroit. Okay. Go back and check it out on HBO if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, definitely worth seeing. Again, just like a straight ahead, it's like two hours. It's like an action heist movie with a bunch of actors that you know you like. Um, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Um, we talked about uh, The Green Knight, The French Dispatch, which again, I'm confused didn't get nominated for anything. I thought it was pretty good, Wes Anderson. Uh, the Beatles Get Back. Mm. Oh, shit. You guys check that one out. I've, yeah, I have. It's so long. Sam and I have, uh, it's again on the list. Yeah, if you're not a big Beatles fan, I can see how it would be hard to get around to. But yeah, but also oh, we're, we're a huge Beatles fans. It's just hard to get into. It's Man. so it's so worth it. it yeah. For yeah. something that in total is so long, like the the, the 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 tiniest moments you can like pick out and just fucking nerd out over like just the smallest things in that. It's, was, it's, was it? It's incredible. Was it not eligible in like a? I could have swore they had some kind of release like OJ Made in America that would have made it eligible I here. Because I don't know sure what it. I don't think it would be really. I mean, I, I don't think it would qualify for anything. It's kind of a remix film since the footage was already used in another film. It's not like. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't have like elements like it. Summer of Soul where like they you know they don't just use archival. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, like they could maybe do editing or something, but I think it was more, I think it's more just remarkable for the fact of it being the Beatles and just like those guys being who they are and doing what they're doing. But uh, yeah, yeah that, that, was, that was really great. Um, let's see, Pig, we talked about. Um, A Quiet Place 2, I thought really succeeded. <laughs> Good sequel, if you guys are into the Quiet Place movies. I haven't seen the first one yet, but Same. Never heard nothing but good things about both. Just just good action flicks. Again, yeah. I, I hate to be like Mr. Post-Apocalyptic, but like good post-apocalyptic shit if you're into that oh, yeah. at all. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's my movie. Uh, I got I got two I got a few more things. because uh, you it not a movie, a series, but you mentioned post-apocalyptic. Um, Station Eleven is absolutely incredible. It's post-apocalyptic and specifically for tony and i it should be very like triggering and jarring because it opens with a fucking... i watched the pilot okay yeah it opens with an airborne pandemic in chicago um oh wonderful yeah but then it like transforms into this like really positive life-affirming like not without like danger or anything like that but uh just one of my one of the best takes on like a post-apocalypse that i've seen uh anywhere is is okay. um and then uh a few movies i've watched that weren't from this past year but just kind of like oh i'm gonna check this out and i've been meaning to for a while and here it is uh the long dumb road uh it's on netflix starring jason manzoukas and the guy who plays flash in the mcu spider-man movies um it's just a really funny comedy it's I highly recommend it. 
Yeah. Um, oh, you're talking about uh, Flash, so uh, Flash Thompson in the Spider-Man movie. So yeah, yeah. Tony Tony Revelori or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. guy from Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, got it. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's basically a two-hander with him and Jason Manzukas, and it's it's a lot of fun. And it's like 90 minutes, it's great. And then yeah. uh fucking I, I finally watched The Lighthouse, and it's oh. uh incredible. <laughs> I I fallen asleep three times in it because every time I've started to go see it, I've started to watch it. I've been in a state that I just was prepared for the lighthouse for, but not prepared to stay awake for. Yeah. So (laughs) that makes sense. If you can make it, even if you're in that state, if you can make it to like a certain point, you won't be able. I know. It's literally, it's just a two-hander with Pattinson and Defoe losing their fucking minds. I've gotten a little bit further each time. I'll get there. I'll get there. Uh, two movies that I don't think any of us have seen. They were the only two movies on my list that I didn't get a chance to check out that I've everyone I've known is, that has checked out has liked. Passing on Netflix. Uh, should have talked about probably both these movies based on their Best Supporting Actress initial buzz. Uh, but Passing and then also Mass was something I really, really wanted to see. Um, that was directed by Franz Kahn. Uh, most people probably know him as the nerdy guy in Cabin in the Woods. Uh, he directed a... a, a acting drama about like parents of school shooters in like a grief counseling session. Um, it's supposed to be absolutely wonderful. Uh, but I didn't get around to seeing that because I didn't want to have the rest of my fucking week room. So, uh, yeah, those are the only two that, uh, didn't get a chance to catch. Um, one, uh, another one that I don't think, well, it hasn't been brought up and I haven't seen it. Uh, anyone else see, uh, has anyone seen Benedetta? No, uh, no, that's the that's the Adam Driver. It's a no. musical. No, Verhoeven. No. Paul Verhoeven. Oh, that's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes. No, I've not. seen No, you it. haven't seen it. Okay, I think no, it's on no, I Okay, hard to get to that one with a five year old as well, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's a little difficult. The one I was thinking of, I think it's called Annette. It's like a it's yes. like a French uh, Adam Driver musical. Yeah, didn't didn't catch that. <laughs> Um, what else on the year 2021 in movies? Oh, uh, final odds for best picture, Rich. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see what we got here. There there has been a bit of a change, like I said earlier, over the past couple weeks with some of the guild wins. So a bit of a late surge. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is a, it is a really a two dog fight. I could tell you probably what number three and number four are. But well, there's I, only one dog, but there's uh, well, uh, so between uh, my odds site and gold derby, it has one and two flipped. So yeah. I'll go with I'll go with just the odds. Uh, at 10,000, Nightmare Alley, even with Nightmare Alley, is Drive My Car. Yeah, uh, at 6,600, Don't Look Up, yeah. which is the same as Licorice Pizza. Yeah. And people would say that uh, those two movies are equal in quality. Um, Anyone who knows movies will tell you. Yeah. Uh, 5,000 is Dune. King Richard's at 3,300. So is West Side Story. King Richard that high is surprising to me. Yeah. And the top five. Uh, What does Gold Derby have it at? Uh, At six. It has, it flipped Dune and King Richard. You said West Side Story at four, right? West Side Story at four. Yeah, Belfast, so that's what I thought the four would be. Yep. Belfast at three yep. with 1,400. Yep. And then the odds have at plus 
130 Coda and then minus 155 for Power of the Dog. That's why I figured that makes sense odds versus Gold Derby because Gold Derby is going to be more reactive quicker mm-hmm. to the wins than like betting lines are going to be. Yeah. Um, God, I've come on. This is the most invested I felt in a very long time because it's literally my favorite and my least favorite movie of the 10. <laughs> it's one or the well, other. I mean, Last year, you got your fucking wish that ruined the entire fucking broadcast, which was Anthony Hopkins winning for the father. <laughs> I he didn't. came out here and sucked, sucked <laughs> his dick off for the father, and everyone was like, no, yeah, but like, it's like it should be Chad Bozeman, though, right? Like, he was awesome, and like, he, he should get it. And then you were like, yeah, but the father, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, That's exactly Hopkins. what happened. I saw it, too. It. You fucking dick. I wasn't the person that decided to put it on last. That was the dumbest idea of all time. You don't give out not best picture last and have the thing everyone thinks is going to happen and then have Joaquin Phoenix drooling on stage. It was such an own goal. Yeah, it was such an own goal by the Oscars people to do that. It it was honestly not that bad of a, a ceremony and night. And then it was just like, of course, that's how they did it. Of course, they should have ended the night when Glenn Close did the butt. Do it in the butt. Um, sorry, I keep coming across movies that we haven't brought up yet, uh, such as Old. Didn't see it. Sam's mom saw it. Liked it. I I, I want to see it just because it sounds like all the things I've heard about it make it sound just kooky. Speaking yeah. of kooky, um, uh, where oh uh, I haven't seen it, but I hear it's uh, quite a time uh, malignant. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard some malignant, malignant stands coming out. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, a movie that has uh, big Florida energy that I wanted to ask you guys about, Zola. Heard of it, but have, don't know much about it. Um, enlighten me a little bit on what the Zola is. So Zola is a film about a woman who is a sometime exotic dancer and she is a waitress and she meets another woman who invites her to go down to, to uh, Tampa to dance for like a weekend just to make a little money and then okay. come back. I think they live in, in like the Carolinas somewhere. All right. And it turns out that uh, the trip is a lot more than she bargained for. And Coleman Domingo is in it and it's really good. Ooh, love me some Coleman Domingo. <laughs> so, so good. Like the movie is is just crazy, and it like it puts you in. Um, not to say that any of us has ever been in any situations like this, but it puts you in seedy hotel rooms with strippers in Central Florida, and in a way that feels really authentic. Um, hmm. You know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. again, not that you guys would have any like specific interest in that, but I think it, I think it's a really good flick. Um, it's really funny. It's really like it really skips along. Um, so really good, Zola. Check it out, folks. Oh, you know what? I think I actually saw a trailer for this a long time ago. Yeah, it came out like like way at the start of 2021. So oh. you saw a trailer about what? About eight years ago? Yeah. Just about mullet. Just about. <laughs> What's uh, it on? Or did you see it in a the theater? Uh, 
Um, I well, just cop to have having downloaded it illegally and watched it on a thumb drive on my TV. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, best original song, Two Chains, everybody. Um, anything else? Well, not now. <laughs> Nothing can follow the two chains. Nothing uh, can follow the two chains. Uh, let's do plugs, gentlemen. Uh, Mullet, why don't you start with your plugs? Oh, sure. Uh, for me, you can follow me at your host, Mullet38, on Instagram. I don't do much, but when I do, you'll be happy to see it. I have a other movie podcast on the Arcade Audio Network of shows, Mayor of Movies, uh, every single Thursday. Maybe How's Samantha. that going? It's going all right. It's going good. Uh, this week uh, is our award show. We always time this out to the, uh, the Oscars, our Mullet Awards, the best and the worst of what we watched last year. And then next week, we watched a weird direct-to-DVD uh, action comedy called Blue Iguana with Sam Rockwell and Ben Schwartz. It's it's funky. It's it's something. Let me tell That's you. That's okay. where I heard of that because I follow Ben Schwartz uh, on social. Yeah, we, we had a uh, 2016. I think he, I think it was literally the movie he made after winning an Oscar for Three Billboards. Um, it's right around that time. Yeah, we had a lot of weird shit coming up. Uh, we do have coming up in uh, about a month's time the back to back double whammy for Samantha of the Baba Duke in Midsommar. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Spoiler She's alert! Kill you. Oh, she was very, very uh, unhappy with how those both the, both those things happened randomly, and I couldn't be happier. So uh, I will be starting a new podcast about divorce around the first week of June. Um, divorce with movies. <laughs> yeah. Just me with a different me with a different broad every week, and then also my, my retro wrestling diary, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle, where uh, I talk about uh, wrestling in the year nineteen ninety six uh, up until probably around uh, the fall, which somehow has even more divorced energy than divorce with movies. <laughs> in the next two of the next three weeks, I'll be watching the birth of Austin three sixteen and the New World Order, so it's kind of an important time in wrestling I'm about to watch. Uh, so good. read read yeah. all about it. Uh, Mullet, when uh, when do you need Charlie and I to get movies to you, for you to finally have us on your on your podcast? You are the you are the premiere of season two, so you will be on in June. In June. In June, yeah. So I normally let people know a month in advance. So we're gonna, man, we could have. What? Well, you know, we could have like recorded in person when I'm down there for the wedding and stuff, and it could have been a good time. And we'll see if Spencer gets back to me. He may be my April replacement. <laughs> he said, sure. And now I got to re- remember that I haven't gotten movies yet. And yeah. it's almost April. So we'll figure it out. Rich, tell the listeners where to find you online. Uh, you can find me on socials at Rich Cammy and uh, on Instagram at the Whack Pack Live, where the Whack Pack is back, baby. Uh, but different. I, I go when I want and not uh, every day. Um, and we haven't had any guests on since, but they're more than welcome to invite themselves on. Uh, and yeah, I'm, uh, we haven't been raising any money, uh, but yeah, and I'm just I'm just ripping. I'm just ripping cards. It's fun. It's fun. Popping, yeah, just popping them. Yeah, seeing popping what's up. packs. I'll be um, on soon. I got I got to remember again. I'll be on soon. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, let me know whenever you want. Um, and that's all I got going on. I'm also apparently. <sighs> I don't want to talk about this, but I started doing improv again. <laughs> Rich, we, we could have saved three on stage, Rich. We just saved three hours and 40 minutes and gotten this intervention a lot earlier, Rich. <laughs> Man, 
so like we're we're doing virtual shows you know let me get the website so anybody can see you right now yeah right? yeah now it's not like oh if you're in chicago no it's the whole no, fucking any of the rich worldwide i hate you um <laughs> yeah i'll give you this link too Oh, you're just, gonna, uh, just 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 like facebook's to me so i can put it in the description of the podcast okay well we can tell the people right that rich is improvising now again with comedy sports with uh has... yeah in comedy sports rec league i'm on the team extreme couponing um where's our damn shows now playing csechicago.com slash shows there you go Oh, where is it? League night. All right. Yeah, uh, uh, like uh, it's Wednesdays, and then like on on April seventh is my first in person show. Uh, it's at Piper's Alley, which is located in Second City. Uh, we're, we're not allowed to say that. Um, it's adjacent to Second City in the same building. In the same building, yeah. Rich, you're fine. We're three and a half hours in, baby. No one's listening anymore. You're right. <laughs> You're I ain't right. cutting this up. I ain't cutting this up into two pieces. The Oscars are in five days. What the fuck? <laughs> we should just hide like a like a, a like a code here, where if they're still listening and they hear it, we each have yeah. to give the person five dollars if they tweet it to us. No, it should just be like straight up directions to a treasure. Like like if <laughs> like if you go to this latitude longitude and you dig three feet deep, there's a box. This is the combination to the lock on the box. Like, what's the name? What's the name of the place from Shawshank? San Juantanejo or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's Secret Beach. Yeah. Like Rich, is that All it? Right. Did you find find the link or what's happening? Are we good? Uh, I got it right here. CSCChicago.com slash rec dash league. Nailed it. Beautiful. And that team again was extreme couponing. Is that right? Yeah. Extreme couponing. Uh, Yeah. And you can watch on uh, uh, Twitch. Twitch TV. Twitch.tv slash CSZN Chicago. Look for them on Wednesdays. Tony, what about you? I don't have any plugs for myself, but I will plug my wife's Etsy shop. She's at Colt Cuts. She does custom paper crafts, like this cool card that she made me when I started community college this year. You did it. You're prepared. I totally was. That's a squirrel. Uh, but she does all <laughs> sorts of custom stuff, too, like uh, pictures that look like you on your wedding day or your parents or your sister or whatever else. So check her out. That's Colt Cuts with a K. Hell she makes and a hell of a good birthday card. My daughter was very happy with her birthday card. She really does. She's doing 3D stuff and pop-up stuff now. She just got another 3D pop-out order today. So uh, she's doing a lot of cool stuff like that. So if you've stuck with us for the last, uh, oh my gosh, it's longer than Titanic. Um, longer than the Irishman. <laughs> we are longer than yeah. the Irishman. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're we're in truly like uh, German cinema lengths here. Three hours forty-five. Um, so if you've made it this far, God bless you. Um, please go have a very long nap. Um, hopefully, you uh, pause in the middle to watch drive my car um, and just skip work today. Um, so for Chris Bullitt and Rich Camalucci, this is Tony Cold saying, "Thanks for pushing play. You can delete this now. Check you later." You know what uh you know why we went so long is we love the movies.
the movies. <laughs> this should be our new sign out for just the show every year. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.